Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Hextech Heroes. As always, I am Laughing Mage, and joining me are your regular podcaster minions and a plus one special guest. Guys, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves, starting with our special guest. <gasps> wow. Hi, I'm Ginger Princess, also known as Ginger, also known as Emily, whichever you feel like addressing me as, I'm okay with. But hi, I'm so happy to be here. Hey everyone, it's Susan. Or you call me TJ. Hey, it's Micro. That sounds so happy <laughs> and not sick <laughs> at all. Yeah, we're I'm struggling. struggling. <laughs> Some of us are a little yeah, under the weather. Best. So yeah, TJ Couldn't and I are both me. under weather uh, under the you weather know, right now. You know, so I we're told not doing them great. not do that, and they didn't listen. So yeah, we're, we're can't not... help it when it was thirteen degrees outside. Yeah, Oof. when it felt like negative fifteen. Yeah, that was. Wait, you're kidding, right? No. What? Dude, oh, I'm not going to like that. The coldest no, not, here was not like today, 15 but... degrees. No, it, it was like four degrees last week, and then the, it, it was four degrees mm. feels like negative 15. Hmm. Where's my phone? What is it now? It's like 50 degrees what? right now. It's warm as fuck. Oh, okay. Honestly, yeah, I'm just hit the Uno reverse card on here. It really did. Ridiculous. Dude, the sun is yeah. done and everything. It's 43 degrees. It's yeah. fucking October again. All the snow has melted around me. So that's yep, it's pretty sobbing. That's what epic. The... But we're not here to talk about the weather and how we're <laughs> under it or anything. Instead, <laughs> we're here to talk about the 2022 League of Legends retrospective. We're just going to be covering everything that happened this year, kind of talking about it. Uh, we don't really have a structure for the episode, unlike uh, normal, uh, where we have like our segments. We're just kind of going to be playing it by ear. Uh, but. We will be starting it off talking about personal anecdotes, stuff that happened this year beyond just uh, like things that happened physically in the game, but stuff that happened to us personally as, as players and enjoyers of League of Legends. So does anybody have anything they want to start off with? Uh, anything special happened to them this year in 2022 League of Legends? I got singed mastery points. <laughs> I'm ending the year wow. at 851k points. You're dumb. Jesus. We kick him ridiculous. out. It smells so bad in here. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no. Can you... kick, actually, kick everybody out of here. Y'all sweaty as fuck. fuck. Just me. You're not my wrong. podcast. Stealing. That's ridiculous. Dude, if I took right. my top three champions, I wouldn't have the. I I would still have less mastery points than just <laughs> oh your singe. Good. I actually yeah. I don't know what happened. It is literally like I don't remember the first seven hundred thousand points. I'm what not kidding. Fuck? This man just told me. Yeah, I was gonna ask like time. what what interval <laughs> was gaining these points? Is it all this I year? Don't, like like <laughs> Wait, I can I sign like, in with year, Xbox like, on League of Legends? That's insane. <laughs> what that's the ADHD for you. Yeah, uh yeah, I really don't remember. Uh, I don't even know how much I gained this year. It's a problem. <laughs> Other than like, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if it's a problem. You just like the champ. Yeah, like, you just like being oh, a yeah. smelly bald man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. people to chase of all characters to play. You chose that one. I love getting death threats and all shit because I'm playing. <laughs> well, well, they can't anymore. Their no, That's true. They true. can't. Yeah, all Until you can say is some way around. Yeah, they'll circumvent some way around it. Don't worry, don't worry. They'll figure I'm it out. Yeah. It's like once every other game instead of once every game now. <laughs> Damn. I'm sobbing. I mean, hey, progress is progress. 
I suppose. Oh, um, honor four capsule? Y'all fucking wish. Fuck. You were me. <laughs> Dude, I have the honor recall and the honor five Malzahar skin. So. Dude, I've gotten that scan sending like 18 times me, me, me. now. Floating. Oh, it was a bug. I don't actually have it, Rip. <laughs> yeah, no, my highest mastery. I could put all of my mastery sevens together and not even get close. Fuck. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I can, you know what? Mastery sixes as well. Just put the whole fucking, put all my shit together and it does not even contest. Yeah, Whatever, micro. Guess, you smell. I guess. In other retrospective, uh, we all started a clash team, sort of, kind of this year. That was yeah, fun. That was yeah. fun, for the most part. It was mostly fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there was some. Uh, there was a particular. Uh, there was an incident change. with a oh, person. Yeah. And... yeah, after our roster change, we did pretty, pretty a little good. roster change, a little bit. Well, hey, here's yo. the thing, though: our roster change never actually played clash together. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. We never yeah. actually played cut like like yeah. we played together as five people like over and over and over, but we never actually we played class. <laughs> like there were games where we just we were fucking good. We looked good. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I, not gonna yeah, lie. You we guys looked gonna... sexy and hot together. True. <laughs> sexy and hot right. and ooh awuga. Ooh awuga. Awuga. No, I, I I agree. I mean, I think Clash overall this year was. I, I would say an enjoyable experience. I know that with the difficulties that we had, um, <clears throat> those difficulties were not Roll directed. Changes. Well, okay. So, yeah. The, that was a, okay. That was slightly frustrating for me because <laughs> I, yeah, I was I essentially the role slut of the group where I started the year are. playing 80 carry. And then oh, after our first two weeks of Clash, TJ was like, yeah, I kind of don't fuck with this whole jungle thing. Can I roll swap <laughs> to ADC? And I was like, sure. And so they took over as ADC. I started playing jungle. I actually think I'm a cracked out of like my mind jungler. I think I'm like really, really good at that role. And I think I was doing really well for the most part. And then at some point, Micro just decided that he really wanted to play jungle, I guess. After I had like my worst performance ever. And I was like, so wow, bad. damn, okay. I I fuck up like no, this I one think... time and it's just it's just no, over, no, no, huh? No, 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 no. That's not why. <laughs> I have really bad decision paralysis. It's probably like why I have like 40 mastery sevens. Fuck. Uh I just can't oh I guess I can. We could prove that with Singe. But other than that, I will just not play the same role ever because I, I eventually ended up switching to mid lane, which is what I think I currently ended as. What with the whole like clash foray, yeah, ended with like that I was in mid lane. Um, I enjoyed it though. I'm switching back to top clash or not because uh, I think that is my best role, it definitely personally. is. And I think like past like seven, not seven, yeah, seven seasons. Wow, fuck. Uh, past seven seasons have been me just playing top lane singed. Nasus here or there. I don't really play him anymore. Stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I I actually first met you when you were playing Twitch, but yeah, every I think <laughs> you and Emily were in the same. I was like, oh yeah, yeah no, Emily pissed me off that game. <laughs> Emily literally pissed me off that game. Yeah, she said she's gonna piss her pants, and I was laughing so hard. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was just trying to play the fucking video game. I was trying to win the fucking game, and Emily was, like, making, like, friends with you guys on the enemy team. Dude, and and here's I the can't. thing. Whenever Emily starts typing to the enemy team, the game is already lost. Like, it's already <laughs> done, because it, it, it automatically turns into a 4v6, because Emily becomes more disruptive to us than she does become, than, than she is helpful. <laughs> that's the worst so thing funny. dude here's the thing is god we were just getting absolutely yeah, bent was, over in that game i and was like cracked out of my mind fed for so it was fucking so years. fucking funny and i was playing soraka and i don't play soraka very often and i can't hit a damn thing i can't hit a q i couldn't hit an e i couldn't hit a damn fucking thing at all so i just i gave up and then micro and i were like haha butts and Mage is like, get the fuck out of my server. And I was like, all right, Ben. <laughs> so oh, I went and no. I joined you guys. I was like, I yeah, he just kicked it. me out. He made, he's really mad at me. It was so fucking funny. God. <sighs> that has nothing to do with 2022. Back on topic. Um... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I dropped out. Well, I was playing jungle. Micro took over his jungle. I started playing mid lane. I actually think that my mid lane was also really good. I'm not going to lie. I actually just think I'm a crack player. Versatile as fuck. Like, that's all I'm saying. Personally. Yeah, personally, I'm just saying. Like, I like here's the thing. I got to go into 2023 with the confidence that I can Beast climb. Mode. I'm pretty sure that I can climb. Okay? We're doing a five-roll fucking challenge to fucking diamond this year. It's going to be easy as fuck. Oh. It's going to be easy as fuck on three rolls that aren't in, that aren't in the bot lane is what's going to happen. Um... But <clears throat> yeah, and then everything collapsed. <laughs> then everything fucking yes. collapsed, and uh, we stopped playing Clash, and the team disbanded. And then we remade the team afterwards, and we practiced with a different five man. With just we, I mean, it was literally just one, uh, one other person. Uh, just one yeah, person changed. His schedule is, uh, his schedule is like super fucked. not at all similar to our yeah, yeah. super fucked he's like getting home at 7 30 in the morning like what <laughs> it, it's kind imagine of imagine getting up at that early a time huh <laughs> yeah no it couldn't be me no 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 or not getting up getting home Oops. oh <laughs> getting home uh, my bad my bad yeah rest something like in that peace. L. Mm. classic like that. classic L. and i don't i don't know if we're gonna do another clash team unless we find like one or two or more people i'm done to do if we just find more people <laughs> yeah same like it's it's easy to find people, but hard to find people to vibe with. Because sometimes that's true. Yeah, because yeah, there's, there's the a vibe. vast amount of League of Legends players, but not a vast amount that are cool, decent human beings. <laughs> true, <laughs> not yeah. asylum escapees. Yeah, I think we're done looking in the in the basic mass League of Legends server. Cause yeah, it's it's trash. I'm not that's even gonna bad. lie. Not even capping. Was there an incident have... recently? I saw some people come in and out of oh. the server. Of our server? Yeah. Or am I tripping? Uh, no, I mean, the only people that got added were the people from my um, LBLCS team. Uh, oh, um, is that who that was? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that, no, those people are awesome. Yeah, they're, awesome sick. Hey, they're cool. They're cool. They're cool. I have a moment that I would like to share about this year. I don't have a lot yeah. of them because, obviously, I didn't play a lot this year. Um, I was kind of MIA. Because of, I have a baby now, which is fine. We love that. He's gonna be the next, the next big name in the League of Legends scene. Um, and then Same I'm gonna have to spend a. thousands of dollars in therapy um, <laughs> for him. But anyway, so I, my champion pool, 
I would like to say is kind of medium-sized, but really it's not. Anytime I play top lane, um, I just play Teemo. I've kind of given up on playing actual top laners that require, what's the word, skill? Um, <laughs> so I, I bring the rat top, and I think I want to say it was like my first game back in like a month or two. Oh, I remember. And I was playing Teemo, and I was playing as an Aatrox, and they're like, okay, Emily, don't worry. This is like a skill matchup. You'll be fine. Just don't get hit by any of his abilities. I was like, okay, bet. And I'm not going to lie, I was getting my, my booty chewed out in lane, and but I didn't die. I had not died once. I was playing like a massive pussy, and I was under the tower, and he was just, you know, bringing all of his minions under the tower. <clears throat> and he was low, so he went back, but he came back to the tower. I'm I'm thinking of the highlight in my head right now. And he hits me with one ability. So now he's being hit by the turret. And I walked a little bit to the side from his next ability. And then he goes to jump on top of me. He ults. He's jumping on top of me. I flash to the other side of the tower. And I just kind of walk around him. Hmm. And he just dies. I think I queued him once. But yeah. then he just died. And then he rage quit. And it was a 15 minute game. <laughs> he just I remember the that. Game. It was so funny. <laughs> just a 15 minute game. And I was like, please, did anyone fucking see that? That shit was oh, so yeah. stupid. I've never been able to pull. I've never had anyone rage quit. Because I, I don't play good enough to have somebody be so mad at me in a game. I've that's just wow that's like burned in my memory that's my favorite thing this year (laughs) i mean you gapped him as hard as possible what can i say (laughs) like how how much harder could you gap somebody than making them leave the game was it dude kingen's got (laughs) he's got me to work with now kingen's got competition guys (laughs) facts ban if you ban timo you're a pussy play against my timo right now (laughs) you won't i just bought astronaut timo shit's cracked Oh my god. <laughs> Pay doing. But yeah. <laughs> oh my league twenty twenty two. Uh it kinda just I just played the game a lot more and kind of playing with Mage and all of his friends and playing in the five V five. It kind of like sparked my competitive uh what do I say? like competitive enjoyment for the game yeah yeah because yeah. like i kind of before playing ad which i'd say is when i i really like kind of changed my attitude about the game i played top lane just played the game just to play the game <laughs> and like i didn't i didn't really care but now like when i play adc it's a lot more mechanical it's a lot more engaging and i I enjoy that part of the game a lot more, and I don't like see myself going back to playing like top lane or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, just like learning the game has been really fun for me this year. Meeting Mage and Micro and Emily, awesome oh, experiences, yeah. like fun <laughs> times we had just playing League. <laughs> That's like that, that was just the most enjoyable thing for me, like this year for League. It's been awesome having you. To be honest, I love it here. Yeah, for real. I, I, I think it's interesting because I, I remember what you you came into the server. We played a bunch of games together, and I wasn't ever playing support for you, but I've always been playing around you. And then when we got into the bot lane, it was like a completely different experience. Like it felt like the transition went so smoothly. And I remember talking to Emily one yeah. day, 
and she was like, yeah, I, I just played a bot lane game with TJ, and it was, like, they're really fucking good. And I was like, you're goddamn mm-hmm. right, they're really fucking good. They're fucking cracked yeah. out of their minds. <laughs> yeah, like, I we, 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 we found Hello the ADC. <laughs> yep. Honestly, I love it here. Because it's yeah, been so that... hard, because I feel like every time we play in a group setting before, you know, you joined our little, our little cesspool group <laughs> that we just couldn't find an adc that either mained the role or knew what the hell they were doing besides mage like, or was a decent person or was a de- you know the person this is a valid this, this is a may valid be a statement. cesspool but this is a, a this is a particularly specific cesspool that's yeah, not yeah we have people. standards okay <laughs> yeah that's yeah. no, completely true and i feel like it just kind of you were the piece bro you were the piece of a puzzle, dog. Now we, man. now we just need to find you, but a jungler. <laughs> I'm crying. Dude, yeah, can we just jungler. clone you, dog? Actually, let me age up my baby real quick. I'll oh shit! The Sims age up. No, no, we're not. T- we're not turning Seabass into a jungler, bro. We're not doing that. Dude. We're not doing <laughs> that. No, no, no. Here's the thing: is there's Next types of junglers. Man. He'll be like Ivern jungle. That's. He's gotta be That's medi- the kind of man I'm he's gotta be a medios level jungler. Whoa, I didn't know you bro, like that. he's just gonna be the global support. You feel? Just utility. Because <sighs> he'll be like me. <laughs> Just utility, no damage. Fucking <laughs> 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 missing smite. Fucking <laughs> 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 unreliable. I'm crying. <laughs> Only plays Sejuani. Dude, I. Whew. Mommy? God. Sorry. Mommy? Sorry. No, but Sejuani is cracked. She is. She's so consistent, and I always play her so consistently well. Like, I feel like whenever I play Sejuani, it's... I don't know. I feel it's my best jungler. So... Hey, Emily, you want to jungle for the Clash team? Sure. I'll only play Sejuani if it gets banned. I'm playing Ivern. We're roll swapping. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck, dude? What? 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 Oh I'm God. crying. All right, Bubbies. Uh, I mean, other than other than Clash, which I think is probably the biggest thing for all of us, like as a group. Um, I for this year, first of all, my rank experience was really weird because I think I played under 200 games of ranked, but I and I played four <laughs> roles and I played 78 champions. So yeah. it was a really, it was a really I, weird yeah. year. I'm getting you fucking axe for Christmas, dog. <laughs> you smell oh. bad. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it, it, Jesus. It was a weird year because like I didn't play a lot of rank because I was playing mostly clash with you guys. And mm. I, I didn't grind very much on my own. I was usually duoing with whoever wanted to play rank at the moment. And I was always playing a different role. <laughs> so it, it, that was a weird experience for me. Because I've almost always consistently played, like, a role, even if it wasn't my main one. Because I think my first... I think the, on- the the year that I got gold was... I only played a Moomoo. It was literally... Oh, I, I, I think no. I only played Where? a Moomoo and uh, Sejuani jungle just over and over and over. As you should. And I, it was actually, like, the easiest season of rank for me ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was from that point onward that i was like okay i'm gonna play support in adc and then i just it was just it was first of all adc was just not in a good place and like playing support and not having decent people on your team is, is really tough and it was always it always felt like 
I was a step behind. Um, I think that checks out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but League of Legends fun facts for Mage this year. My highest win rate champion was Rise with like a fifty eight percent win rate. I think. Um, he was. I think he was probably. Like, if I had to pick like a signature champion from each of the roles that I played this year, it's probably Rise as my signature mid lane champion. I think I played him the most when we were doing Clash. I really enjoyed playing him. He's just super fun in my opinion. Uh, and then they gutted him, and his overall win rate was like thirty percent or something weird like that at some point this year, like yeah. competitively, which was crazy. The worst champion in the game. Um, my uh my most played role was uh jungle, but my highest win rate role was top lane, and my top lane win rate was like seventy three percent. Jesus, what the fuck. Yeah, and the only champions I played top lane were Orn, Trindamir, and um, uh, the what's what's uh, Scion, the other the other big stompy tank boy. Mm, yummy. Split pushing menace. Yeah. <laughs> Split pushing these nuts. <laughs> Sorry. What? My uh, God. What? What? But yeah, I mean, overall, my year of league this has been really good. I think like. Playing the game has been really fun, but I think the the, the thing that I kind that kind of happened to me this year, personally, was that League of Legends as a career clicked for me, where I looked at the scene and I was like, this is something that I really want to do for the rest of my life. This is something that I feel extraordinarily passionate about, and because of that, I invested more time in watching competitive League of Legends. And learning about like ecosystem and stuff like that, and watching like specific people in the industry who aren't like necessarily at the forefront and paying attention to them, and like that's that's the biggest impact that League had on my life this year was just between the fact that I've been playing this game for like four years or so, five years now I guess, um, <clears throat> and watching it for so long and playing it for so long, it was always just like yeah, this is just like. A cool hobby and this is a lot of fun and then people make fun of me for it because <laughs> it's league of legends <laughs> yeah. um yeah but but at some point this year i don't know when it happened and i don't know exactly how it happened but when i was playing the game or watching the game it clicked for me i was like this is something that i want to do or be involved with for like the rest of my life i love that for you Thanks. i really do Same. yeah Never mind. No, don't say things what? like that. What do you mean? I think, I think <laughs> what? No, no, that, no. That's like the response of like when you're like, oh, don't, don't be sad, Ginger. You're so pretty, and I go, hot. Thanks. I and then you take it back. <laughs> it's the same thanks you just gave me. I never now. take. And whenever I call you pretty, I never take it back. All right. Well, when I say thanks like that, you do. <laughs> and now you receipts? think I'm ugly. Where there is he? Yes. What the there fuck is. is what the fuck is this? You smell bad. What the fuck is this? Oh, somebody somebody talking about something else. I don't we're moving on. We're moving yeah, on. I yeah, thanks thing. Look at my message. <laughs> Smelly. What the fuck? <laughs> Did you message me on Discord or something? No podcast. Uh yeah. Channel. She's getting crackers. Oh my god. Okay, mm, I see. Snacks. Alright, we can move on, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's take a look. So we can get into the stuff that happened uh, during the year. So, yeah. Starting with the retrospective, let's talk about 
the season start and preseason stuff that happened going into 2022. So a bunch of stuff happened, a bunch of changes to bounties happened, including the addition of objective bounties. A bunch of ad, uh, items got added, like Crown of the Shattered Queen, Evan Shroud, Winter's Approach, Fimble Winter, Axiomark, Shadowflame, Cosmic Drive, and Frostfire Gauntlet. There was the addition of the Hextech Drake and the Chemtech Drake for a short period of time. The Chemtech Drake was added, and then the That's introduction you. of challenges and titles. Uh, Dragon. Guys, do we have any thoughts or feelings about these things that had developed uh, at the beginning of this year that we had to play with for an entire 365 was... days? Cosmic... Was Cosmic Drive added that preseason? According to uh, Leaguepedia, Liquidpedia or whatever. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah. It has not felt like that. Wow. Okay, uh, I guess it's been a long year. I'm Chase a fucking them. capper, by the way. I just relo- <laughs> oh? I, I just looked it up again. Uh, I, 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 I was going to say, Cosmic Drive has been here, I think. I See, when I was looking at this list, I was thought, this is weird, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I think it might have been, been like changed, like, reworked, you know, quote-unquote reworked what, for it. Well, Emma Winter was added this, that's the like, preseason, though, right? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, that one I'm a big, like, I remember coming into this season, I'm like, I'm going to fucking... Reach Diamond or something, Singe, because old Singe is back. <laughs> His, uh, <laughs> he used to stack mana, but because it specifically procked off a of slows, it meant he would proc off a Rhylize. So, like, the poison would be generating you a shield. You know, infinite mana, so you can always have it on and gain health. It just seemed like a great item for Singe. I was disappointed, <laughs> but I love the item thematically, and I still build it every now and then on Singe just because sometimes the game really needs it. An and infinite shield sin. But like some of the other items were sick, like crown. Crown was interesting. Um what Axiomark was new. That one I remember was a problem for a bit. I hated what champion like, abused the fuck out of Axiomark? Wait, who was it? There was a champion that Nocturne. abused um, Nocturne. Nocturne. Holy shit. I, yeah, oh my shit god. Axiomark Nocturne. Loved, oh my god. That was god. gross. I was going to say, I loved going blind every 30 seconds. Oh sometimes my less. God. Not every single game. That was the it, worst I, fucking I did experience not. of my life. I loved having to use my fucking walking it. stick on the rift. That was so cute. <laughs> this is sarcasm. I hated it. Oh my god. <laughs> that was trash. Shadow Flame? Was also is that one that was added this year? That one. Was yeah, awesome. Shadow Flame mm-hmm. is like a core item in like every single AP build now. Yeah, it's so good. Like since I was playing mid, I built Shadow Flame Ludens like every single goddamn game. Even when I didn't build Ludens, I just built Shadow Flame. Such good, such a good item. I love such that good. one. People could not make up such their good. mind whether they liked it or not when it came out. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> there's so much controversy on it. Somebody did a bunch of math at some point where they're like, okay, this is like Shadow Flame versus yeah. fucking like a raw void uh, staff. Void staff. Yeah, <laughs> and, I was just, and I went through the math and I was like, this this all looks like n- numbers and um, that's insane. I'm building it anyways because like tech two, alternator two numbers. Yeah, is this true? They, they talked about, like, the percent pen, depending on, like, what kind of magic resist or if they had magic resist or something like that. Yeah. On top of the items, though, they added the Chemtech and Hextech tricks, which is... I really like. I'm really oh. happy they didn't keep OG Chemtech. That shit was fucking absurd. It mm-hmm. was crazy. I loved and hated that time of league, because, one, I believe you couldn't see Sinjit's poison while he was running around with that shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, 
guess Emily, do you want to go on the talk about Hextech Drake mm, again? Mm-hmm. My thoughts on Hextech. Let's see here. I think adding Hextech Drake added such a new way to win team fights or a way to play around dragon team fights for at least blue side. Because on blue side, you you you're battling both the other team and the wall separating you between the pit and your jungle. So I feel like now that you have that little teleporter to get you behind the other team, especially if you have, like, say, an assassin that can really just destroy a backline, it just it changes the game. And I think it's, if utilized correctly, it's a really good dragon to have. So, there. That's the only um, intelligent thing you're going to hear me say <laughs> all podcasts. So please just drink that up. <laughs> At least you wouldn't be deep. Sip it. Mm, intelligent juice. <laughs> Damn. Intelligence. I was about to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that sentiment for the Hexec Drake. I, I, I think it's bef- my favorite map. Mm-hmm. I, I would it was my favorite map before the new Chemtech. Oh, I love um, that too. I don't know what New that Chemtech like is my favorite one, but Hextech was is is my second favorite one. Uh there was a lot of really buggy things with the Hexec gates for a while. Where people yeah, could like yeah. use abilities so while, while taking it, right? them, yeah, yeah. It, it created a lot of fucking issues. <laughs> um, but it's I I think my favorite thing about that soul is that I think the gates are just the biggest fucking bait in the world because when people are trying to run away, they the, a lot of times people just try to take the gate. And I remember specifically, yeah. I was playing this game one day, and there was this Tristana on the. Like, literally on the other side of the map from me. But I placed a ward on our on our blue buff. And she was walking past it, trying to take the blue buff. And then after she took it, she was walking towards the hex gate. I'm playing Ash. I Ash ult her while I have her on the ward. She gets hit by it. Everybody sees where she is now. Everybody knows exactly where she is, what's going on, and why this is important. My team goes to the other side of the hex portal, and then Tristana takes the hex portal and gets immediately fucked by a kale. <laughs> immediately gets fucked by a kale. Damn. And I was like, this is this is the best thing that I've done. She got fucking this casting This is the couch. most ever. <laughs> she got casting couched? Is that what you said? Yeah, oh that is what I said. Uh, exactly what happened to her. Oh my god. Feels fucking bad. <laughs> Rest in peace. Quick side thing. Did you guys see who the most Search League of Legends character on Pornhub was? Yeah, it's Stop, bad. No. I, I can't, like, it's bad. It's Send bad. it in the chat. I want to no. know. It, it's it's, 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 you're it's just Tristana. About. Uh, you're, you're lying. No. No, no, he's actually not. No, I'm not bad. lying. Oh, that makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate it here. There's certain anyway. others that are also pretty high up that are really bad. God, Anyways. please move on. Yeah, moving yeah. on. Please. Uh, do, does anybody else have any thoughts about Hextech and Chemtech stuff that happened this year? Uh, not really. Not me. No. Right. I think maybe the least exciting thing that got changed in preseason was the addition of challenges and titles. Hey. Yeah, I was done. I like them. No, I, I have like, the title... He... I have here, the title Minion, and I love it. Here's the thing. I don't <laughs> yeah, think that they were bad. Like, I don't think that they're yeah, bad. They no, don't, inter- I, I like, you. interrupt the game. Like, they were just kind of, like, a thing that they added when they could have, like, I don't know, fixed the fucking client. 
And you like know? that was kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, you They've know. They just added another one. thing to break the. They did another tab, yeah. and it's kind of bugging. I get the same title like two games in a row sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say it is kind of interesting to see that the game tracking those numbers because, like, I don't know about that you guys, awesome. but I'm in like the point one percent of a the a lot of stuff apparently in League of Legends. I think in I'm in like percent of money that's, spenders. That's I, I I'm in the point one percent for I'm like challenger eight thousand or some shit like that for Jesus. levels because I'm one of the highest le- like leveled players in the in the world I guess. Um wow. and then uh what else uh dragon steals so smite steals on objectives I'm in the top one percent for that one. I'm also in the top one percent for uh getting for getting the dragon soul without losing a single Drake. Uh, what else? I oh yeah, uh, unkillable demon king, winning games without dying, uh, and the jukes. So like dodging multiple skill shots and shit like that. Like, like just, I can't remember all of them, but those are the ones that like stood out to me when I was looking through my tokens and whatever. Oh yeah, and wards yeah. like every single warding one. I I'm in the top like. I mean, like the 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 top point one percent or some shit like that. My favorite one's Unkillable Demon. Yeah, yeah, that one's sick. I don't think I've taken that one off. No, I mean it's really good. My favorite's definitely, as I said, Minion. Minion. (laughs) Minion. The only because what it is is, I think it's you have to get eighty lane minions within ten minutes, like for a bunch of games in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, here's a little secret to that: proxy sin. You just You're get stupid. every minion all the time. And literally so stupid. You go into you their base minion. at five minutes. Hmm. They have like I 60 am. minions. It's bad. <laughs> Start taking no, the but I, these minions too. I really like the titles because there's some funny... Like I'll get into a lobby with... Like I'll get invited randomly and I'll just... I'll go in there and see some like really weird title I've never seen before. Like I remember the first time I saw Alcove Gamer. I was freaking hmm. out. <laughs> I was like, what? Mm-hmm. They got Something those? like that. <laughs> <laughs> this exists yeah some of these are really funny some of them are yeah. scary too like if i ever see a motherfucker on the enemy team with the pentakiller tag i'm just like oh man i don't Gosh, know I about that this one, one. On? i got that one <laughs> i think you just need one how how do you only need one you just need to get two pen you can need to get two pentakills in a single game oh okay yeah oh. How many, okay, quick question. How many pentacles does everybody have this year? Do, do you guys know? This year? I assume it started, tra- it started tracking uh, this year with the thing. I'm hovering over it. It says three out of five. So I got three. Though I think one is an ARAM. <laughs> I, I think I have hey, one pentakill man. this year, uh, which is worse than what I normally get. <laughs> uh, uh, I think my only pentakill this year was on Zed. Fuck. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's a cool my, that is a cool chance. It is a hard I only have one one pentakill ever in my seven year, eight year career. Fuck. I think my two pentakills are on Master Yi. That's not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, was, what was that? I was playing Jax on ARAM. I remember it so vividly because I was like, wait a minute, that's me. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> but I was also playing Jax and like season eight or seven or something. It was pretty early. But like shit dog, my ego. Yummy. I, I rem- can 
No, go remember ahead. Lucian and Zaya. I, I feel think, like I think we were in those. Were those? I, I remember the Zaya one. I remember the Zaya one. TJ was TJ was out of their fucking mind that game. <laughs> that was that was when I first started playing like Zaya a lot. I was cracked. Yeah. The meta shifted. Now I'm I'm. Now what I, is Zaya? I didn't adapt. <laughs> this is the funniest thing ever because like lethality zaya was so fucking strong at, at like this year at some point and like we played the shit out of that and then they changed it so that lethality zaya was like significantly worse and you yeah. had to go back to playing crit and i i swear to god for like three months tj did not change their fucking runes they did not change their build their runes and they played <laughs> lethality zaya like every single time they picked it i was like bro you gotta you gotta change it is not worth it i tell you it is not no. worth it i don't know it's just like if i'm playing lethal temple zaya i'd rather just play a different champion at that point <laughs> like yeah. i don't guess i'd play zaya Unless I wanted the ultimate. God. I, I I just remember that was funny as fuck. It was just every time. It was just like, yeah. please change your runes, man. Why are you <laughs> summon Airy? What the fuck? But then summon Airy would have like 2,700 damage. <laughs> <laughs> and then I leave lane. And then we lose. Correct. And then we lost the game. <laughs> GG. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh well that's that's all the preseason stuff that I think is relevant to 2022. Do you guys want to get into the champions and stuff? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Whoa. So right. the season start with this one, right? Is... Look, looking at this, <laughs> this is list is so yeah, it's so sad. So so basically, twenty twenty two had some pretty good champions, I guess you could yes. say. Um, the very first champion to get released in the in this season, uh. With a with a bit of a splash, I would say. Like, I guess they were pretty a all right. Splash. It was an okay I champion, I guess. It's um, this is sarcasm. Uh, Zary, <laughs> I I think is their name. I I don't know. I I I've barely seen this champion you know, ever like get the played. Best champion ever. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Literally, what is that oh. ability? Her W or some shit? The one that goes through walls. Yes. I've Two never gotten I've literally never been thrown across the room so fucking hard <laughs> as when I did when this was like a fucking execute. Fuck oh that. She I could go on. I could yeah, truly when you build her like when they put the crit scaling on her W, because I don't think it was always there, and they got her W to crit. It would just like pop at level thirteen, just take one third of someone's health bar if they <laughs> got hit by it. God, so a good. third. That's so fucking generous. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're Fuck doing it dude. again in like four seconds because you know what? the okay, cooldown yeah. is maxed right. on it. Yeah, this is true. Actually, put action mark on that bitch. It's kind of similar to um, what's it called? Uh, Kaisa. AP Kaisa. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. That's just crazy. I didn't play much AP Kaisa. I didn't play her until like um. Mm. You know what you need to do is you need to play Kaisa with is... um. Shit. What is it? Fuck. The go fast yes. tank item. Uh, <laughs> fucking chemtech? Yeah. Chemtech? Yeah. Chemtech? Yeah. 
Yeah, Chemtech Kaisa is actually busted. Oh, you're fucking okay. You're a fucking <laughs> idiot. Never mind. You're you're talking the ultimate bravery shit that we did. Yeah, you yeah, shut the fuck up. Yo, that shit was fucking. That it was, was so, so dumb. Good. No, because you just reminded me of Jock Shozeri. I'm playing that tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, Dude. yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh. I'm I'm down to play a game after we're done. By the way, oh, I'll sick. play a little a little a little a little comeback game. Cool guy glasses. Although face. I don't know I don't know how good I'm gonna do because I have nails now and typing oh, is yeah. a little difficult. <laughs> So if I if I fat finger something, just don't say anything. Oh, I'm gonna ping the fuck out of you. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna that. ping the bait button over you because I know now that that means some Ooh. some mean something mean. Oh, From oh my now. god. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bait bait right now. Anyway, what the Zeri smells like poo. What? And that is all. Zeri. Okay, actually, Zeri's now that big. I'm remembering, like what I was I was thinking about her release. So I lied about the amount of pentakills I have this year. <laughs> Yeah, because I mm -hmm. remember the very yeah. first Zeri game I ever played, I got a pentakill on her. Like going back I'm and rerunning it in my head. Yep. Yeah, I got a pentakill on her the very first game I ever played her. And I was like, this champion is fucking absurd. There is no way this is okay. Yeah, no. In between like her release and like I'd say the falling out that she had and then the change <laughs> the to the champion out. that she is now. Because on release she she had a lot more sustained team fighting, but like she just doesn't have that same mechanic anymore. Like they just changed the way that the champ works. Like her ult it it takes a lot more work to get put in to stack her um uh ult passive and At to get the movement speed. And it's like sure. I think it's a lot less movement speed now. And um, her attack range is just shorter too, so it's a lot more risky to run in there, and like it, it just changed the way the champ works essentially. Uh, fun fact that um, in pro play, Zeri has thirty three pentakills. I'm what not surprised so because fucking gross. I hate if you if you let that champ farm to like twenty five minutes consistently without like ending the team like she can carry the game really well with the, like that champion's kit i mean the champion is just absurd right like i i i think one of the most important things if if, if you look at the champions that got released this year and we'll get into each and every one of them with, with the exception of one of these champions mobility is like king of stats in league of legends nowadays because I, I think it's because, like, CC is so prevalent, so that, like, hyper-mobile carries are, like, the best champions in the game 90% of the yeah. time. Yep. Whether, and, whether like, it's a AD carry, a mid laner, a top laner, a jungler, if they're mobile, they're dude, probably support. a pretty good champion. Pike support, dude. Pike <laughs> yeah, support's, support's, like, too. broken as fuck, and it's, like, the most mobile support in the game. Like, like mobility all my friends hate Pike. <laughs> I love Pike. I don't know what you're talking about. I love Pike. I love playing it's Pike. Because we're not friends. Easy. Oh shit! What? Fuck. GG Damn. Well, mm, uh, well, that's it for this episode of Hex Egg yep. Girls, guys. Uh, <laughs> shit, dog. <laughs> Mr. Beast. Uh, but yeah, no. Zeri was <laughs> a champion on release. That champion was fucking absurd. And then I think after she got, especially because like. Zeri was obviously an issue for solo queue, but she was a big issue for pro play, where yes. she had like near a hundred percent, um, a hundred percent like 
ban like ban pick ban. And that's when Riot was like, oh, so this champion is a problem, huh? Let's just uh, put her in the wood chipper <laughs> for a couple of months yep. so we can figure out how to balance her. <laughs> I'm literally sobbing. Yeah, they they hit her with the Samira type beat. I'm pretty sure after they rebuffed her, her win rate like went up 7% in that one day. Damn. Or some shit like that. It was something oh. absurd like that. Because all the ADC players have been like fucking foaming at the mouth, ready for Zeri's return. <laughs> right, because you're fucking feral. Not a solo queue champion at all. Uh, yeah, Zeri. I I think Zeri is. I think as far as like concepts go, the whole like Zon Piltover thing is really cool and interesting to me. Because like obviously the show is called Hextech Heroes, and like Hextech and like that whole like Hextech Kentech rivalry sort of deal that happens in lore i think is really really cool so like the aesthetic yeah. of zeri was always really interesting yeah I, I love that part of the lore too the whole zon deal i like like my favorite iteration of echo is like his original skin and also like the final yeah. echo like those are they're so sick like i mm -hmm. love i love that uh portrayal of him Anybody else have any strong feelings about our, our favorite zapper from, from Zon? I literally fucking hate this bitch. God. <laughs> Jagja's coming up. On to the next. On to the next? Okay. So yeah. the next champion to get released in 2022 is Renata Glask. Now, I can talk at length about this champion. Um, I remember seeing her trailer and thinking... Damn, that shit looks weak as fuck. Uh, I I remember my first impression of watching Bel uh, Belveth fucking Renata <laughs> was that this Thanks. champion looks really fucking weak. Her ultimate looks really fucking useless. It is like the slowest moving ult in the game. There's no way anyone's going to get hit by that ever, even in like a chaotic team fight. Her Q is like the worst hook in the game. And, like, her W is probably just the most broken ability that she has. But even then, it's, like, it really does not seem all that powerful. Uh, and then I played a bunch of games of her, and I realized that she's just the most broken support in the game. And that she's absurd. And just, I don't know what it is about Renata, but it's, like, she can be super dominant in lane, super relevant late game, and you don't... Like, there doesn't seem to be, like, a super downside to her. Because, like, sure, she's kind of immobile. But between, like, her W and her E and her ult, like, it's really tough to get on that champion. It's really... I think Renata started the issue of making engaged supports fucking useless. That That's that's how it feels to me. Where Renata was, like... But pre-Renata, it felt like, yeah, you could play like Nautilus, and you can play Leona, like, you can play, like, an aggressive sure, Rakan yeah. lane, and you can do all this stupid shit, and, like, the, the peel supports weren't that good, like, Braum wasn't that strong, and, like, nobody wants to play Janna, and then Renata came out, and it was like, nobody's picking a fucking engage support if Renata is open. Yep. And then, if somebody takes Renata, and you pick, like, an Enchanter into it, sucks, Renata's also an engage support, fuck you. Like... The amount of times that I watched this champion just absolutely 1v5 a fight, like, solely based off of, like, an ult or a Q is absurd. Like, in pro play, in my own games, like, this champion is just not fucking fair. <laughs> and, like, on release, yeah. the 
I, I I don't I don't think she was super strong on release, but I think after they did like like the 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 hot fixes to her, she was just like the best champion in the game, and I think she is like, even now like is consistently one of the best supports in the game. I, All my I homies agree. also like, hate Renata. Renata, uh, to me, her gameplay is like like you just said a lot like unique compared to. Uh, other enchanters and the way that she just turns off engage supports uh but she's also an enchanter her w just being the best move in the game (laughs) (laughs) like her gameplay is just really unique compared to other champions and that that's why i like her and if she's utilized well she she can dominate really easily she's a really fucking cool champ like thematically yeah, she's got to be one of my favorites. Well, well, fun fact is, uh, she was originally supposed to be Silco from oh, Arcane. Shit. Yeah, You're like Renata's. No, Renata's exactly. entire concept and design was that. originally Silco, and then they they scratched it, and then they made a completely new character. And they put Silco in TFT. And they put Silco in TFT. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like Rest a... in peace, my guy. Rest in peace, yeah. my guy. But Arcane season two. Oh, yeah, sorry, he did die. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's true. He's fucking like the champion's awesome. Like one of the things personally, because I never play bot lane, she never feels bad to play against. Like she doesn't feel like overpowered, but at the same time, she doesn't feel underpowered. She feels like she always has a spot on the enemy team, but like because she's so immobile as like singed, of course, yeah. but like like Darius or something, I can always I always have the chance to pick her out whenever the chance is given. Like she's pretty immobile and squishy. Yeah, and like she, she has like out, she has like clear outplay. Like if you engage yeah. on her, you're forcing her to either W someone else before she dies, or W herself to try and live. Plus, like personally, her alt is just the coolest. Her thing, alt is absurd game to me. Dude, her dude. alt is the coolest to me. Like <laughs> Berserk is such a cool thing. Like, like quite frankly, I do not care if I feed bot lane because eventually that ADC is my ADC and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like oh your ap twitch is like 17 and oh and it's my fault sucks you're you're not like, di- you're dying to him now bye good night see you later like her kit the names of all her abilities are just so cool too like this is definitely handshake is a cool her. name to you <laughs> yes For, uh... this is coming from a guy who's ultimate like his main champions like the name of his ultimate is insanity potion and the other ability for his like no, flip. his ultimate is called <laughs> fart. No, that's his Al- Q. no, that's his key. <laughs> All right, but <laughs> hey, my bad, my fault, my fault. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's like fart come handshake. and flip. Like handshake's <laughs> cool, but like loyalty program bailout. Bailout is alright. I like hostile ta- hostile takeover. Hostile takeover is really really good. I agree with that. That one's fucking sick. Anyways. Next champion. Next champion? Okay, so the next champion to get released in 2022 was Belveth, our our queen from the void. Oh my. Yeah, that that was oh, a champion wait. that got released. Master Yi on <laughs> fucking steroids. Yeah. Uh, no the... hard opinions about it. Just like, she's a champion that was released. Her thematic's cool. I think they what did was, a, like, um... a female void champion very correctly. Hmm. What was the name of that? Yeah, she's just the living ZZ Rat portal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she gives birth in lane. Um, it's really weird. Dude, same. <laughs> oh my what? god. 
Oh, it's a pregnancy joke. Emily was <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> I cannot. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think Velvet was really interesting. Have... I, I, my, my whole thing about Velvet is I think that she is a, she, she is one of those hands checking junglers where it's like if you're a really good Belveth player, like you can tell the difference between somebody who has like hundreds of games on Belveth and somebody who picked her up like last week. Like you can tell there's a distinct difference because there's a level of like confidence that you have to have to play that champion super aggressively because yeah. she is one of she because like like Master Yi, she can get fucked super fucking easily. Damn. Uh, I will I mean, say one thing though, yeah. uh, when League was doing their like champion release schedule or whatever, they were hinting at like a monster champion, and the monster champion ended up being Belveth. But ninety percent of the time that you see her in game, she's in it's her so human form, and it's like mm. you you have like this weird fucking stingray void thing, and ninety percent of the time she is a it's just a woman. It's just a woman yeah, in a in a flowy dress. On it, can, I'm gonna be honest here, and I'm I'm kind of sick of seeing the copy paste females champions being made. Like I don't know, it just I guess it's not necessarily copy paste, but it's like I don't know. If you're gonna what make more? a monster champion, make a monster fucking champion. Make a disgusting absolutely feral looking ass character yeah, like, why do don't just make hot? a siren like rexai exists for a reason rexai is like one of those like... void characters that's a female that's also just like a fucking monster mole thing and it's terrifying yeah. and then you have belveth yeah, Bel yeah. But i like belveth though like her design's cool to me because she's she's a void empress she's not going to be completely a monster she's supposed to be disguised a little bit like yeah, which I guess I get. Like, because but... she spawns a bunch of little monsters, which feels like an Empress type of thing. What she this is. is true. I do like her. Like, because obviously there's here, where she, or like her, uh, her her base form, where she's like Mage said, a woman. But mm -hmm. sometimes it's, it's hard for me personally to see that because, like, all I see is like the big Floyd dress attacking. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I first saw her in game, I was like, what the fuck is that? And then, uh, mm -hmm. like, her alt form is so mm -hmm. sick, too. Because, like, a big manta ray is, like, a something they hadn't explored. Because, like, there's a lot of, like, deep sea sort of, like, inspiration for a lot of the Void Champions. Like, mm. like Velka sort of kind of. But, like, I do like the monster that they chose for her. And I do like the way that they did it. Because, I don't know. Her animation was cool whenever they were showing her off. Do you know what it reminds me of? You guys mm -hmm. know that one meme where it's, like, um... You know what? The only thing that's oh, fuck is what's the only thing that's worse than, uh, like ah, I don't remember what the first part was, but the first part is like, what's worse than this? And then they reveal it, it's like a child. It's like no, that one. Oh, that's yeah. what it feels mm -hmm. like. It's like stingray void monster. What's worse than a stingray void void monster? A woman. Like that's how it feels. <laughs> <to me. laughs> oh, sobbing. Hi, kitty. But I don't know. I yeah. think I think the champion is at least interesting to play. I think that she like. is cool to watch when she's like really really strong. 
But I, I don't I don't particularly like her design. I think that's my only criticism of that champion. Yeah, give or take. Like I know we definitely share like or differ with the design philosophies because like I love the champion's design and you don't but like I love Space Groove and I know you hate Space Groove. I fucking despise Space <laughs> Groove. <laughs> that's where we differ. This is where we group. differ. I'm a singed main, you play Rakan. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know where the, those two lines cross, but they, I don't even Booger. But yeah. Anyways, the, the next champion, Nyla. Yeah. She's the champion. That, that is the champion. The fucking bot lane <laughs> breaker taking everything that is so important and necessary for bot lane and just shitting all over it. Just absolutely like dog wiping their ass on the carpet ass all over Whoa. bot lane. I feel what like is the... what Nyla does. What? Because of the experience what? shit. Like hitting level two bot lane is so fucking important. And she just goes, ah, ha, ha, ha. Okay, yeah, but to be there's... fair, she's melee and usually cannot push the wave level one. And if the enemy saying... bot lane is a good, like, good player. I'm just Every saying. Every game that we play. <laughs> Against Nyla, I would be made to just be in lane. He's like, "Oh, they hit level two first? Yeah. And I'd be like, "Yeah, they have Nyla." <laughs> it's like that's that champion. They yeah. do that for the rest of the game now because they picked that champion. <laughs> like that part about it is so funny. I like I, her. Her yeah, thanks. Her champ design was real interesting to me. Like seeing it on release. Or before release, they they leaked a lot of stuff and they leaked like entire ability stats and stuff yeah. like that. It's interesting. They it's like they made Samira again, <laughs> but they did it in a way where she she scales better because they kind of overloaded her kit. And I'm gonna keep comparing her to Samira because their their abilities are very similar. They both have the prospect of being, yeah, melee bot laners and just short range in general. Um, but like Nyla just gets so much more for existing than Samira does. <laughs> like just in her kit, like her passive just is always a persistent effect that helps her out in lane. And it's just always generating value. Her Q gives you so many stats. It's like range increase, damage bonus, um, attack speed bonus, I think, as well. Um, yeah. And also splash damage on your autos. Yep. <laughs> um, and it's like, when you compare that to a champ like Samir, it's just, what, what do we, we're just missing so much. Like, it's just two complete different contrasts. And it just feels so worse to play one over the other you know um and it's like i don't know it's just she she just on release she just has this like super uh overcompensating kit in my opinion for her being a melee bot laner Ugh. but like she has she pretty much just does what samira does but better yeah except minus wind wall <laughs> yeah, my, minus minus the fucking wind minus, wall. <laughs> minus wind wall plus Jax counter strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you replace give that, a different, replace fucking, that. Jax, different fucking like auto fucking like yeah, nullifying ability. Yeah, Samira, Samira has wind wall and Katarina alt. 
Nyla has Diana Alton Jack's Counter Strike. Yeah. Oh my God. True. And she can give it to her ally as well. Like, imagine if Samira pressed Q and got like an attack speed buff or something like that, or it goes through the first enemy. Instead, it's just shoot, move in direction, does damage. Insane. Insane gameplay. It's like compared compared to to what is it like? Ezreal Q. Ezreal <laughs> Q is like three times the length, does three times the damage like 20 minutes earlier in the game. Has the same exact cooldown. <laughs> has a lower cooldown, arguably. It's a, it's a 200 years diff, dude. 200 years yeah. diff. I don't know. I, I feel like... Nila was one of those champions that seemed like a really interesting concept, and I think it fulfilled the the gameplay promise of of the champion. But I do agree with you where it feels like there was a lot of overcompensation for the for the drawback, which was like, oh yeah, she is a melee AD carry. But it's like, I think even with that trade off. There are obviously certain combos that are just so unbelievably disgusting with that champion that it's like it doesn't even matter. Like, do you remember when we first played Tarek Nila? Yeah, of course. That, that like, shit it, was absurd. <laughs> yeah, it's just too good because she's you're capitalizing off of all three aspects of her passive instead of like maybe one or two. Yeah, depending on the champ that you're playing. Absurd champion, and like there are ways to abuse her. To the point where it's like that quote unquote drawback is honestly it's just a strength at that point. It's just it's just better to be melee at that point. Yeah, it's like so what I'll just sit under my turret <laughs> to destroy all of you at twenty minutes. Yeah. Big whoop. <sighs> but other than that, does anybody have any other strong thoughts about Neela? I enjoy the champ. Cool champion. She's cool. Whip. Nay nay. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what the Oh Nene, before you get a whooping. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess we can move on to the next champion. Then the next champion is not a release; it is in fact a rework. The rework for 2022 that happened was Ooh Dear. Yes, I fucking <laughs> love this. I fucking love this. I love this guy. <laughs> He's a little ridiculous sometimes. He'll pop up in the meta with a random ass build and just one shot you. Oh, it always happens, <laughs> even with old Ooh Dear. Even with all those, you're just like, all right, cool. You're going to build what? Redemption Strive Breaker and one shot somebody. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, it's cool. I really like his design. I like his new kit. It feels really fucking smooth to play personally. And he also has the, the Frel Yord champ thing where his base skin is his best skin, like Volley Bear. I fucking oh God, love those funny. base skins. Or like Yorick. Yorick's not even Frel Yord, but like. They've got really good base skins. They did really good with this design, I think, personally. Plus, his death I, animation is sick, where he just falls over. <laughs> I like the new Udyr. I played a lot of old Udyr when I played Jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, I think I, I preferred Phoenix Dance builds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't played the new one, but I remember just getting one-shot all the time by fucking the Tiger Stance that he has. <laughs> that stupid lightning proc. It's, it's that shit crazy. does so fucking much. Yeah, like... When, when, what was it, Ravenous recently was just strong? Like, you didn't even have yeah. to build, what's it called? You didn't have to build um, Lethality anymore. You just build a Ravenous and you just get so much AD. 
Yep. You just one-shot people anyway. As Udyr never dies, but also kills you in two seconds. Yeah, exactly. But normal Udyr fashion, and then we'll also run halfway across the map. Because yeah. he feels like it. Give him a random fucking bail, he'll do... He'll... <laughs> run the fucking game with it. Yeah. The it. rework really like took the chains off of him because like they gave him the uh CC um immunity. Ignoring. Yeah, the immunity. That was the one thing he did need though cuz like Exactly. Cuz like his old bear stance felt so bad when you're like I, I know I keep referring to singe but like following a singe with Rylize or like I guess even old Renata or not old Renata, just Renata in general like Champions that are just able to stop you right in your fucking track over and over and over. Yeah, exactly. And also walk through your things, which is never fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just ignoring CC, walking through your entire team, one-shotting your AD carry. All right. Yeah, that is also crazy. Toodaloo. <laughs> See you later, bud. Yeah, that feels really fucking bad when I'm, like, standing next to my ADC, gonna peel them. Oh, here's an Udir. It's like, oh, it's an Udir. Oh, it's an Udir. And then they're just gone, and there's nothing I can do about it. Polymorph doesn't work. Stunning doesn't work. Slowing doesn't work. Charming Udyr doesn't does work. Fucking one. I, it's just like, He's well, yeah. guy. <laughs> it's like, this sucks. See you later. Man's looks like he's going to be like seven and a half feet tall in fucking person. He's huge. <laughs> His model is fucking ginormous, dude. <laughs> I, I will say that I think, and I, it's the same thing with Nila, where it's like, they fulfilled a gameplay promise like like the the gameplay fantasy of the champion because like old udir was fine i guess but there was like this thing where it's like yeah he represents different like animal stances and now he represents the different gods and the that aspect is so fucking cool like his design is is so sick i'm a big fan of that big fan this cat is ridiculous cat <laughs> come on the podcast say hi what the ain't no way what is up with you people and your cats being on the podcast <laughs> hey my cat i don't even call for goober on the podcast even though he's even though he's literally i didn't like... call her here dude she she's being wonk ah, that's me, please <laughs> yeah, but tiger stance Tiger stance, Phoenix stance, around you. Tiger stance, Tiger stance. Yeah, the double. I want to hear it get picked up on the mic. Do it again. Well, I guess what the last champion they released was Cassante, and that's just Ow, this year, the right? Fuck. Yeah, end of the year. Yeah, Cassante's Cassante. cool. Cassante's fucking Nasek. broken. Okay, yo, that champion is nutty. This champion is not okay. Oh Dude, Cassante took the fucking Stonehenge and uses it as a weapon. Jesus. He's got That's two fucking big rocks. Rock. Conkledur the champion. Dude, like, <laughs> I can't talk on this champion enough for how absurdly broken he is. Like, My face is absurd. Thank you, like, because, like, he's on Alright, guys, thanks for listening to Hextech Heroes. Uh, this is a great again. time. Uh, <laughs> Emily really wants to end this podcast early. <laughs> but no, Cassante's fucking disgusting. The champion is unfair. He, he becomes unstoppable. He has dashes. He has shields. He has damaging abilities. He literally turns all of his resistances into damage, and then he still doesn't fucking die. Like He's the mechanical yeah. top lane. expression is your nice. He, yeah, li- here's the thing. We have, we have Yasuo. We have Yasuo's yeah, but- brother. 
we have Yasuo ADC, and we have Yasuo Top Laner. Yes. Mm-hmm. When are we getting our Yasuo Jungle? Ivern. <laughs> Ivern. <Bye>. That. <laughs> no, Viego? No, not really. No, not really. <laughs> but it's just like the, the, the concept of how the champion functions. Right. Yeah. The the, yeah. the concept of the how you, the knockups, all that. Yeah, it, it's like I I don't know. He I, I agree with your point where it's like a mechanical top laner is going to enjoy that champion, but I don't I, I don't even know if I do agree with that because Cassante is really fucking easy to play. Like this 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 champion and concept is not difficult because you it's really tough to get punished as Cassante for messing up. Because, like, oh, you missed your Q, you overextended too far, well, you can dash twice to get out. Or you can become unstoppable to dodge the CC from the enemy jungler and then dash out anyways. It, it, well, it... I, w- I was thinking in, in thoughts of execution. Like, if someone is pulling these things off. Because I think if, if Cassante doesn't pull stuff like that off correctly, he gets punished for it. Yeah. Like, immuning CCs, uh, like... His cooldowns are pretty long, and I take advantage of that, like, like knowing that about the champion. Like, if you just see him using moves, just, like, now he's just walking around <laughs> for a little bit until they're back up. But I, I get your point as well, is that yeah, that champ sure. is, like, he is pretty loaded the up. The right hands, he's pretty fucking nice. He's, he's overtuned as fuck. Yeah. I, I expect to see pick ban Cassante or a giga nerf on that champion before pro play starts up at some point because yeah they also like buffed them up a lot with the mm-hmm. like tank changes in the uh the items and stuff any other thoughts on Cassante from anyone i don't think emily has even played against or with a Cassante. have you i i have a few times but i've not played enough or recently enough to have really an opinion okay. all i know is well not Lil Nas. Lil Nas is champion. Yeah, Lil Nas is <laughs> champion. It's Lil Nas and then Cassante is Big Nas. <laughs> hey, Cassante is Big Nas. Or Giga Nas, you know what I mean? Giga Nas. All right. Well, those are all the champion releases and reworks that happened in 2022. Uh, before we get into all of the pro play stuff, do you guys have any anything else you want to say about all these things that happened? The Talia mini rework made me sad. That is all. This is true. That was <laughs> depression. The Talia one? Yeah. yeah there's a mini changed, rework this year. Yeah. Where they gave her the, the stuns field and all that. Because mm-hmm. that was during Clash we did that. Yeah, but happened. why does that make you sad? The champion is so fucking broken. She's so good, but I miss her burst playstyle, and nobody and I miss nobody playing her. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I guess that's like it's like how I feel about old Akali. I miss old Akali, even though new Akali is obviously better. Blah, 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 blah. I just I have so much nostalgic value for old Akali, yeah. and same with now now saying it old Talia. Like I loved old Talia. I fell in love with old Talia. We played <laughs> Talia ADC. That's I what I did. Yeah. You remember those days? I do. Where I'd sit up in your loft and yeah, <laughs> you'd scream and your mom would go, Man! and then you couldn't hear her because your headphones were on. Yeah, oh I, remember I remember this. I remember that. 
exactly. Love those days. Anyway, yeah, it's Sag. Same with Volley Bear, too. Just all, like, the ones that got reworked that make me the big sad. The only rework that I have anything towards is Nunu. Mm, Nunu? Yeah, that's the only one. That's Edge. the only one. I, that's, that's all that I care about. That was the only other champion that I, like, slightly one-trick before I one trick Sims. Like, actually, you know what? Now I say Fiddlesticks as well. Because support fiddle was so much fucking fun, and it was so dumb, and it's, the you can't do it any. I miss the crows, man. The crows. Wait, I swear to God, I'm gonna freaking hang out on the wall. Gonna crow. Emily is threatening yeah. her cat. Um, but I, uh, if we have nothing else to say about the stuff that happened in preseason or uh, the reworks and stuff, I will jump into pro play for 2022. Yeah, I'm not gonna be almost set. Yeah, I I won't be talking. Well, we won't be talking about like all of the regions or anything like that because that is a lot of information, and this episode is already looking to be super long. But we will be talking about our region, which is North America, so the LCS. We will be covering MSI and also World. So if we take a look, uh, the big thing for LCS this year there there were I would say two major points and then a sub point to one of the major points. So. This year, we saw the rise of the organization EG, so Evil Geniuses, which was super fun to watch. And it all kind of happened super suddenly. Because, like, if you've tracked EG in the last couple of years, they've always kind of been okay. They've never been super standout since, they're emerge, uh, since, since they've emerged onto the, onto the LCS stage. Um, and then this year, most likely due to the fact that world was happening in na they spent it appears that they spent a lot more money on their roster because they brought over the lec mvp inspired and then they had vulcan and they they previously had uh impact i believe if i recall correctly Mm -hmm. and they took a gamble on two young north american talents jojo pune and danny and there was a lot of <laughs> controversy about this because people because the big thing that happened was that Jensen and Doublelift were both free agents. And because these two big names are free agents, and Jensen specifically was a name that was being circulated in the pro scene for like having an availability for 2022. It was like, well, EG should just pick up Jensen, right? Like this, like he's a proven winner. He is really, really good. He's a consistent player. He has international success. Like this guy has all the pieces that a team would need to succeed in the LCS as well as being in an international stage. And instead, they went with 17-year-old Jojo Pune, who was a rookie on the scene, who came from Fortnite of all things, <laughs> and he, Fortnite. I would say Jojo had a pretty slow start to the year. He was making a lot of mistakes, but the interesting thing, and I don't know if I could say this about every player that I've ever watched in pro play, but you can see a very distinct difference in Jojo Pune in like the last, in the, in like the four quarters of the year. You can tell that there was a difference since when he initially began, when he won, when he came back from MSI, and when he was playing in summer. That you can mm-hmm. tell, like, really, really distinctly that there are differences in how he's grown as a player. Because I think, so, I, I believe it was, maybe it was Rigby, I don't remember who it was, but one of the uh, parts of the EG coaching staff or management talked to JoJo and they said, hey, 
I want you to look up this other mid laner. Okay, I want you to look up this other mid laner because you play like this mid laner. You are lane stompy. You are hands checky. You are going to win lane by stomping the uh, the enemy mid laner. Do you guys have any guesses as to who that mid laner is that that they wanted you to check out? It was Emily. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was Zeka. DRX is Zeka who won Worlds this hey, year. Yo. They they told Ooh. Jojo Pune to check out Zeka because they're. Jojo Pune was essentially a, a a less good Zeka is, is the way that they put it, right? <laughs> Which I think is it's it's not entirely like wrong. It, 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 their their play style was very very similar, where Jojo had like really really strong showings on these melee carry mid laners, and that's kind of what he got what what he did, how he distinguished himself in in the LCS. And what happened was this. This chance that they took by saying, no, we don't want Jensen. We would rather take a chance on this NA grown homegrown talent ended up being, I would say, one of the best gambles that they could have taken, right? They, they, they took a gamble on this kid and they ended up with the best mid laner in North America because this guy hands checked every single mid laner. Like he, he made promises that ended up like Fudge was playing mid in 2022. Do you know what Jojo Pune tweeted out? He tweeted that he was going to bring, he was going to put Fudge back in the top lane. Where's Fudge playing now, guys? What lane is he playing now? He's playing top lane now. Uh -oh. <laughs> like this, this kid, like like he he stomped over the LCS in spring. He 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 distinguished himself as probably going to be one of the best mid laners in the history of North America going forward. That is the track that he is on, right? Uh, and then, like, Danny as well. Like, Danny was already on the team previously uh, b before going into 2022, but they kept Danny on. And this was this felt like it was Danny's year. The The EG play style was all designed to get get gold, get kills, get any sort of resource into Danny because the thought process was their laning stats aren't necessarily great, but they are the best team fighter in the, entire, in the entirety of the LCS which was proven time and a time and time again, as they were given the, the, the nickname, the Pentakill Prince. And they had the arguably, I would say the greatest LCS play of all time, which is Danny's Baron steel Pentakill. Right. Yeah. This was the craziest play of all time. I would say for the LCS, I remember watching this play happen live. I was watching it with, I was watching it with Emily and, like, I think two other people, or maybe it was just one other person. I think it was definitely Siren, but I don't know if uh, my roommate was there at the time. But we were all watching it together, and I remember I, I lost my fucking mind. I absolutely fucking lost it when this happened, because, like, <laughs> there's no fucking way. That is, that is every single ADC's dream right there. A 1v5 Baron Steel Pentakill. It's just not, it is a concept. It was a concept. It was an idea. It was a myth before this happened, right? And now it's a piece of LCS history. The, the, the rise of EG this year was monumental. It was incredible to watch. And it was, it was at that moment that, and they said that the, like EG, their staff said like it was in that moment where Danny stole the Baron and got the Pentakill where the momentum carried them all the way to 3-0, 100 Thieves in the finals. Right? Absolutely fucking incredible. But that wasn't Legendary. the only thing that happened in LCS this year. Um, 
what also happened in LCS was LCS was celebrating its 10th anniversary and they had a whole bunch of cool stuff happen. Uh, there were events and, and like special like interactions and stuff. And for the summer finals, they had, um, they marched out some of the greatest LCS players of all time. Right. Uh, they, they, they showcased, I think it was 11 players total and they brought back like, God, I, I'm not going to say everybody's name because I'm quite frankly, I probably am not going to remember all of them. Uh, but I, I guess the big names were like number one, like double if was obviously shown carrying in the, the LCS trophy with Bjergsen. They had sneaky comeback, which was really, really cool. Uh, they, they showcased, uh, Iris. Dyrus, which is, I would say, probably, like, honestly, the third biggest thing that happened. Because when Dyrus came out, he was, like... When, when Dyrus retired, it was emotional. He cried during his interview when he when he announced his retirement. And, and you could see that it hurt him to leave the competitive scene. And you can see the support from all the fans who were in the stadium that day. He had since quit League, not played the game in, like, for probably years, I would say, at that point, And just kind of fell out of love with it. But when he walked onto that stage, and I'm like choking up thinking about it, when I when when he walked onto that stage, and the entire stadium was screaming his name, cheering for him, he broke into tears. When they started chanting TSM, he like absolutely broke down, and it was like an incredibly emotional moment, and it was obviously super important to him because he's now decided to come back to to playing like League of Legends for fun, and so he's streaming that all the time, which I'm super happy about. Because I get to watch him play league, uh, mm-hmm. and it was just a super special moment for him. Um, but that's that's all like the big stuff that happened in the LCS. I know like I'm like the big LCS fan uh, of the podcast. But do you guys have any any thoughts or feelings about any of this before I move on to MSI? I agree with the the Danny statements. Like seeing that play and like seeing the development of EG as well, like coming through. Uh, LCS is just awesome to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I never really did follow LCS. Up. Like, I think when I started following was around like early Worlds this year. Uh, so I didn't get to see all that. But like, I don't know. EG just felt so nice to root for. Sometimes I really do like EG. They... My favorite player, probably JoJo Pew. That or Impact, like. I love those two. Personally, Danny's also fucking awesome. The whole team is awesome. Yes. It was so cool watching them and like rooting for them to get out of the whatever that first stage was. I still <laughs> you can tell I still, you know, don't have the whole thing down, but like I don't know. I really I'm looking forward to following it this year, especially like I don't know, seeing what it, like all the teams do and all that. Yeah, they were a team that I I prominently saw over and over throughout the season. I think probably one of the coolest things about that is that, and I'll touch on it probably more uh, a little bit more later on when I talk about worlds, but there is a distinct like there it, it, EG story mirrors DRX's win where they are both underdogs and nobody thought that they could win. That was a big thing. Like EG was in the losers bracket. They had lost to Team Liquid previously in a five-game series, so nobody thought that they were going to be able to beat Team Liquid going into the loser brackets finals, and then they pulled it off with that play, right? 
They were nobody would nobody would have put money on Evil Geniuses. Evil Geniuses did not have fans before they won that game. Evil Geniuses mm-hmm. did not have people in the stands cheering for them. Like not not significantly not against the likes of Team Liquid and Hundred Thieves, who are two of the most prominent organizations in North America, right? But this underdog story, for like they won, which is incredible, and it is now like skyrocketed them into popularity in North America. Like if there's anything that that we love here in in North America, it's a fucking underdog story, right? Mm-hmm. And and. EG was a perfect underdog story for North American uh, League of Legends. And it's it was super incredible to watch it unfold. Even and and then obviously summer there was a little bit of a downfall but that that mainly had to do with Danny's mental health which obviously could not be helped and and you know Danny's very much in our thoughts going forward into this next year. Um but e- even so, even with the issues that that were happening there. Danny still carried the team to fucking a world qualification. And then after stepping down, we got to see a little bit more from a very very good AD carry that was not that wouldn't have gotten as much screen time if not for this, which is Kaori. And Kaori performed admirably uh at LCS Summer Finals as well as at Worlds this year, right? Uh and, and there's their story is just super inspirational. Right, it's just super inspirational to see these, the, like the young talent, the underdog story. This this organization that nobody believed in had no fans turn into probably one of the most popular organizations in North America today, along the likes of Cloud Nine and like at peak TSM. This uh, is true. But that's that's the LCS for 2022. We can move on to MSI, which is the first international tournament that we have. Uh, for 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 this year now, MSI was interesting. We had a lot of really good teams show up, and I think the most interesting story going into MSI was T1, because T1 had a historic event happen to them during their spring split, where they won every single uh every single match. They did not drop a single match. They had an 18 and 0 record going into MSI, and they won the LCK season undefeated which is the first and only time that that has ever happened. Uh, and I, I believe if you don't count the MSI games, T1 ended the year with the win streak of 24 games total for LCK regular season. Because when they moved into summer, they, they won six matches in a row. But that was super, super interesting to, to see. Because T1 was like... I would say... Everybody, almost everyone in the world watching and keeping up with League of Legends, professionally at least, thought T1 was just the best team in the entire world. And that there was no question about it and that nobody was going to be able to contest them. And I would say for the most part that was true for basically this entire year. They obviously did not win MSI. They took it to a five-game banger against uh, RNG and RNG ended up pulling ahead. But I don't think that that was necessarily, like, a bad thing. So, a quick tangent about T1 this year. T1, like, let, let's go over T1's uh, record this year. Uh, LCK Spring Split uh, champions with a perfect record. MSI second place. So, they were the runner-up at the first international tournament of the year. LCK Summer runner-up. They got second place in LCK Summer. And then world's finalist, second place runner-up. 
Do you guys think that that's a pretty good season? Yeah. Yeah, does that sound pretty good to you guys? Yeah. This is a little. That sound all right? A little good. <laughs> There's a lot of people who think that that's a failed season. There's a lot of people who looked at like T1's college. record this year and think that that's a failure of the organization. They had some of the youngest know, players in the world playing. They they made every single finals. And here's the best part: other than their LCK spring, uh, uh, their uh, their LCK spring, every single finals was five games, meaning that they did not let up every single time. Every single time that they played, they were playing to win, and they took it to those five games, no matter the detriment that they had on them. No matter what kind of disadvantage they were at, they were always taking it to five games. This team was insane this year. Absolutely insane. And and I think you can still say, like, even though they didn't win, like, three out of the four tournaments this year, they are still definitely in conversation, if not, like, unquestionably the best organization of the year for League of Legends. But I digress. MSI was really, really cool. The theme this year, I believe, was Take Notes. And there was a lot of, uh, I, I think the big storyline was Faker versus Zhao Hu. Which is like a historic match between faded Korean and Chinese rivals. Which was really, really cool. And I, I guess it's kind of tough to not have a, a cool story like that against uh, a, w when one half of the story is always going to be faker, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I would say the most disappointing thing about MSI was uh, EG losing every single game to G2 and not getting a single win. That was definitely the most disappointing part. <laughs> that definitely hurt my ego a little bit, watching them lose to G2 every single fucking time. Uh, but, I, but, but, you know, talking up T1, Evil Geniuses is the first North American team to beat T1 since CLG did it in 2016, I think. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, first North American team to do that. So fucking hell. That that that's a fucking that's a success story in my book. Fuck G two. We we'll take T one. We'll take that. We'll take those boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys have any thoughts about MSI? I I don't think any of you watched MSI. No, I did not. Uh, I kind of wish I, I did, but I did not. I cannot do pro play. That's fair. I go to sleep. <laughs> uh. But yeah, as long as we're done talking about MSI, I can talk about Worlds. So Worlds this year, oh Ooh, boy, this one I did watch. Oh my, <laughs> yeah, Worlds. God, awesome. I peed oh. in my pants. Worlds this year was a fucking banger. Best world, I would say, best worlds mm -hmm. since like what? Ever. I I don't know. Almost ever. I I would say what? It was Sam? so hype. Like 2016 might have been better, but that I think that's the only other year. But like. This was just the most incredible year for, for Worlds. So, number one, I, I think the first thing that we should talk about when it comes to Worlds this year was the quote-unquote, I'll, I'll call it a controversy, the controversy of the Worlds Anthem this year, right? Oh, yeah. Because Star Walking got released, and there was a lot of feedback about this song because I, I, I was previously the... World song has always been like a super hype, like fast paced. I don't even know what kind of genre to 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 put it in, like victory rock or something like that. I guess it's the best way that I could describe it. 
it, it's an anthem, right? It feels like an anthem, like you, like it's gonna fill a stadium and with like, yeah. with, with, with with it's like emotional feeling, yeah. Whereas Star Walking did not feel like that. Now that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that Star Walking is the most accessible world's anthem that we've ever had in terms of like general public could listen to that song and enjoy it. Um, more so than it being like immediately applicable to like League of Legends, right? Because like I don't know if there's anybody out there that just happened to come across Rise or Take Over and was like, damn, this shit's a banger. I'm gonna listen to this all the time, right? But I think your average person could come across Little Nas X and be like, oh, what's this what's this whole Star Walking song? Oh, this is pretty good, right? That's a good point. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I personally I do wish it was more of an anthem, but that's but I did still really enjoy Star Walking. I, I do still think it's a very good song. Yeah, I like I the honestly, cinematic as well. It was a really mm-hmm. good cinematic mm-hmm. too. I think the cinematic and concept was good. I think there was the issue of the song and the cinematic not really feeling like they matched yep. super well. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of people shared that. I think I think the overall sentiment is that like the song is actually really good, but it didn't feel like a world song. Yeah, I fully agree with that as well. Yeah. So moving on, I think the next thing to talk about for 2022 Worlds would be the meta. Because I think, and I think, I honestly feel like the sentiment is kind of shared among a lot of people, is that the Worlds meta was really good this year. Like, it was, it was, okay, well, like, (laughs) I'm looking at it for, like, first of all, the entertainment value. What's, like, the champions that were strong were entertaining champions to watch, Right. Like, you got to it's see true. a lot of Akali, you got to see a lot of Silas, you got to see Azir. some Diego, Azir. Like, these are, like, these are, in, like, interesting champions to watch. You got to see Fiora ch- get played a bunch, too. Like, these are entertaining champions to watch for, it, like, a- as, like, face entertainment value. But also, I think other than Aatrox and Yumi, there were no champions that were super uber broken to the point where they had to be pick banned. Right, like I think Aatrox and Yumi were the two that were just giga broken. You could not let them through, or you had to first pick it. There was no other option. But because it was only those two champions, it honestly like it felt fine. Like the pick bands weren't crazy or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, where it didn't feel like every single game the same. Like at like the same five champions were getting pick banned. It felt like every game it was like. Those two were pick banned, and then like Azir had some high priority, but it had a lot of counters, and like Caitlyn had a lot of high priority, but there were counters, and like Fiora had high priority, but there were counters. Like it, it didn't feel like a really like harsh meta to have to watch the same game unfold like every single time, uh, especially when DRX is in the tournament because we got to see some. Wild shit with DRX bard, locking bard, in, bard, so bard, in bard, some bard. stuff. <laughs> bard, yeah, Bard game five, right? That shit was pretty insane. Mm-hmm. That was something not expected at all. Um, Heimerdinger support being super fucking popular. Oh my god! Uh, I actually think what was it? The most champions to get played at Worlds was this year. We broke the record for the most champions played at Worlds. I don't remember how many it was, but it was over 100 different champions got played this year. 
Hey-o. Uh, and some of them in, like, really interesting ways. Because, like, we also got to see Singe support get played mm. this year. That happened. That ends. Um, yes. We also got to see Teemo get picked for the very first time ever at a world's tournament he got fucking demolished by an aatrox fucking smashed into the ground like the dirty fucking rat he is couldn't be me unrecoverable (laughs) um i don't know i think the meta this year was just like really really good and like like most of us played it too like we were playing in that meta and yeah. and our games felt really entertaining too cuz it felt like there was always room for some sort of innovation. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? Well, I I agree in it being really strong with pro play because like the true power of like bot lane and being able to play in a constructive format, it it looks really good. But like me my games it felt like oh we could reliably win bot lane pretty well but is the rest of our team gonna follow suit (laughs) you know um but yeah in those moments that bot lane really did get the shine for me i i enjoyed that a lot um uh yeah that's all i have to say micro anything anything from you uh, not particularly. Okay. And Emily didn't really play very much this year, so I don't assume that she has a lot of thoughts on the meta. And even if I did, um, I never play with the meta. That's true. This is true. I wrong. have the same cycle of champs that I play every season. If they don't work out, I just don't play them <laughs> until they get good again. Like, I don't think I played any Karma this year. Even though she was... Was she good? I don't she even was, remember. She was good. I played a fuck ton of Karma this year. Yeah, I played a lot of Zyra. I feel like if I go back and I look at my shit, Zyra was my best, my best champion this year with a 55% win rate. Yeah, you played a lot of Zyra, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah, I tried. But, yeah, no, I just, uh... I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, League is a game after all. You don't have to be a meta slave like the rest of us. Well, yeah. I say rest of us, but I mean me. I'm a meta slave. It's me. <laughs> I would <gonna> say <laughs> it's me. Sorry. No, not the not the fucking 800k mastery point singed over here. Well, singed is pretty good right now. Yeah, singed is another pretty broken. <laughs> different topic. I'm just, different I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> this man is not a meta slave. He's he plays one champion only. <laughs> Um, one trick island. You smell. Uh, moving on. Uh, talking about worlds, staying on topic. Uh, I think the biggest thing, obviously, to talk about this year for worlds was the finals story, which ended up being Faker versus Deft. I mean, it's fucking insane. I was so enthralled in it, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've had a story this good ever in the history of League of Legends. I mean, we have... It's what made World so good. I agree. I mean, like, following this, like, it's like it didn't even feel like a rivalry. It felt like, it felt like a faded event. It felt like this was always going to happen. Regardless of, regardless of anything else that happened in, in the history of the world, this face-off was always going to happen. 
Are you telling me that in every timeline of the in, universe I'm ever, League you, of Legends fucking exists? In every timeline, League of Legends exists, and Faker oh, and Death are playing in, 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 in this finals. I'm I telling you, every timeline. Every timeline, bro. No. Um, but, like, I mean, think it, high school students that went, like, born in the same year, entered the LCK in the same year, are the same age, went to high school together, were both like the highest rank, like literally the number one and number two players at their high school, right? With two drastically different stories. One person found immediate success and is now considered the greatest of all time without question. And the other one constantly grasping towards that throne, but could never quite get their hands on it, right? Deft won almost every other tournament in the world. The only one that he could never quite reach was Worlds. And the only person, the person standing in his way was his ex-classmate. The person who entered the, the, the person that beat him out for being the best League of Legends player at his school? Faker. Faker, the greatest of all time, the GOAT. The unkillable the demon king. <laughs> Until he picks Victor. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I have many thoughts. <laughs> I'm not talking about that Victor pick because that shit pissed me the fuck off. All right, I'm we're talking, not talking about, about that, that whole world. I think it pissed all of us off. We were all watching. We were like, "What?" Dude, no, we're man, not talking I, about that I draft. Like, I don't know. Hold on. So, like, I feel like this whole world. It was like you know, it was about Dept and Faker. And to me, I was super underwhelmed by Faker. He had maybe one or two plays. I was like, okay, none of us would have thought to do that. But other than that, I just found Faker super underwhelming. Hot I, take. Well, did you find Deft underwhelming too? Because did no, Deft do anything no, that impressed you? Um, well, it was one world. Yeah, he won <laughs> that is so. I please cut that out. <laughs> valid, valid. You got me there. Please but, cut um, that out. I don't. Th no, the thing is, is I don't think I was. I feel like I was too busy. I Worlds, I feel like was super revolved around like jungle play and watching the junglers kind of duel it out because you know one of them i forget the names now just what couldn't hit a smite to save their life yeah, sick. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah because i named myself after him and then barrel i feel I, that's those the only two that barrel i can really approaches. think of oh so, yeah <laughs> that was such so, a funny meme <laughs> i feel like both deft and faker when it came to actually playing the game granted this is coming from someone who doesn't watch a lot of league of legends who just kind of plays very casually i was not paying attention to them as much as they were like really the center focus as to why it was so hype i just i i cared about barrel barrel was my guy barrel and piosic and fucking uh the other adc guma guma yushi Gumiyushi. I was yeah. super impressed with Gumiyushi. Super impressed with Gumiyushi. But so, I, I, that's I, how I feel. I have a little bit of, of a clap back on this, right? Ah, you're clapping back. You I are am. Clapping, clapping your clapping. cheeks back in my direction. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> if that's the image you want in your head. Um, if you take a look, like, yeah, I, I understand your 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 viewpoint on this coming, like, coming and seeing this as somebody who hasn't, like, watched like lck like regular season and, and whatnot but the difference the reason why you probably don't seem very impressed by these two players is because of what they bring to their individual teams 
So breaking it down, Faker is obviously the greatest of all time, unquestionably. And he used to be like just mechanically the best player in the world. And I think he is still mechanically one of the best players in the world. There's no question about that. But he has moved from being the main carry on the team to being the team leader. He is a shot caller and he brings a level of stability to the mid lane that is basically unmatched by any other player in the world. And the primary thing that Faker does is he is a facilitator for his team where he he plays the map and he plays towards creating stability in mid lane, drawing pressure from the enemy jungler and creating openings for his laners, his other laners and his jungler to do other things on the map. Right? Because mm-hmm. if you watch these games over, watching like for instance like Zayas fighting Kingen, right? When Zayas is fighting Kingen in, in the Aatrox Yone matchup, the only reason why this is able to happen is because Faker is constantly pushing mid lane. There is not a there there like are very rare points in that game where Faker does not have priority over the mid lane because when he's creating that level of pressure, it means oh wait, well well Piosic probably has to go to mid help relieve this pressure. Something has to happen there. Barrel might be roaming. His barrel's approaching fucking everywhere on the map, right? And because a lot of pressure is being drawn to this to this mid lane right now, top lane, like are obvious are arguably like the best carry on the team, like even over Guma, Zayas is able to just run over top the entire game. This is not something that gets to happen unless Faker is able to do this, right? So it's not it's not like visually you're not going to see a lot of flashy plays, but understanding it from a macro level, you 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 have to understand that like this is an intentional decision. Like I don't think Victor was a great pick, but I understand why in concept they would want to do it because Victor pushes lanes really easily, he forces priority on mid lane, and he scales really hard. So out of lane, he doesn't have to worry about like not doing anything if he gets behind by getting ganked over and over. Right. Mm. On the flip end of that, Deft is a player that I would say is super consistent and requires zero resources. You will not see Piosic in the bot lane. You will not see Zeka roam to bot lane. You don't even see Barrel in fucking bot lane. Like Deft is somebody who stays bot, farms the entire game super safely, and like he can definitely hands check people. This is not something that he has not done, but like his greatest strength comes from the fact that he is an ultimate stabilizing force in the bot lane. Like you may not be able to like, you're, you're probably not going to get shit on by deft in lane, but you're not going to beat him. That that's the big thing. You're not going to like overwhelm him bot lane. That just doesn't happen because there's a level of stability that gets brought there. That means that like Piosic does not have to go bot barrel can roam the entire map. Right, so there is a level of play that is being brought to DRX in this case, where they don't have to worry about an entire half of the map, because Deft is a stabilizing force. So again, not super showy, not super flashy. I would say that he does have, like, I think they both had a couple of plays that that were pretty, like, like actually very well played mechanically. But their greatest strength comes from the level of stability that they create in the game for their team. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I mean, that's just my analysis. I still think Faker like inted some of those games. I'm just going to say, I mean, I (laughs) think that that's, I mean, I think it's fair. I I think that obviously there are nerves and I think Zekka is definitely mechanically on like a higher level than Faker is at the moment. 
I, I, I just think that there is just, there are definitely moments where you can see that and you can be like, oh, well, Faker's just inting this right now. But I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I guess I agree with you. I guess I agree with you. There are definitely moments where he ints it. But uh, going, <laughs> but getting back on like the, the, the main uh, point, the, the baseline of this concept is that Faker and Death was super fucking hype. And it is what made Worlds as excitable as it ended up being this year. Any other any other thoughts or feelings about Worlds 2022? I love it. What do uh, we think about experience. the uh, the yeah. opening? The the That's opening with uh, Star Walking. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Dave. Like the opening performance or what? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the opening performance is kind of. I like. I couldn't tell if it was um, lip synced or not. <laughs> That's always a good thing, yeah. at least. <laughs> if you can't tell, then it's done right. I think. I know that there was sentiment about the. Um, the opening ceremony where the in person it was apparently really really good but a lot of people who were watching from home did not get the same level of entertainment out of it which is like first of all fair and i think you can expect that but when previous opening ceremonies were like legends never die with a giant elder dragon flying around the stadium and you have like yeah. an entire stage worth of dancers and orchestra and a band like going hard definitely brings a different vibe than like what what ended up happening this year the stage seems smaller i I think yeah for sure and it's it's a lot to live up to as well Yeah. yeah oh but let us not forget the KDA performance with the CGI. Uh, no, let us forget that. Let us forget that that happened, please. No, what do you mean? Moving on. So good. I I I I enjoyed it, but uh, I also am just I I was uh, able to ignore what everyone else was bitching about because I just want a good experience out of it, and I had a good experience watching the the opening ceremony this year. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I had a really good time it. watching it. I liked I liked when uh, <laughs> when uh, little Nas got picked up by the giant Azir. Sure, that yeah. shit was sick. That was sick as fuck. I was like, holy, <laughs> that was that was incredible. Okay, but that's that's everything that I have for pro play this year. Do you guys have any have any last words that you want to say about pro play overall for this year? Nope. Barrel is Not approaching. Barrel is approaching. I think this was a really entertaining year for competitive Mm -hmm. League of Legends overall. I think every region had some strengths and some weaknesses, but I think overall it was a really, really good year. Very entertaining. Mm -hmm. I found, um, I've never like watched Worlds, and when I go back and look at some of the Worlds games, um, I'm not nearly as at the edge of my seat as I was this year. It was like, I feel like every game was like a nail-biter. I think this was the only ye- the no the second time that grand finals was a was five games. I think every other time it's either been a three zero or a three one, right? Um, and also, what well, I had one other point. Um, I, it escapes me now though. I I don't I don't <laughs> quite remember it. Maybe I'll remember it later. Um. But yeah, that that's everything that we have for Pro Player of 2022. Very exciting year. But let's move on to the last thing that we're going to kind of do. 
because we've been talking about everything in a retrospective sense, but now we get to do something a little bit fun. Now, this idea was literally, I think I uh, I came up with it literally like yesterday. So we've had, we had basically no time to plan or coordinate this, but it is essentially the Hextech Hero Awards for League of Legends of 2022, a super jank awards thing that we're going to basically <laughs> come up with categories for. And we have a couple nominees for each category. And then we're just going to talk about what we think personally what each of us think deserve uh this the this prestigious award the most prestigious league of legends award that you could ever have ever uh, yeah in the mm -hmm. history of of the world yep the double h <laughs> so our very first category for the awards this year is going to be best cinematic and the nominees for best cinematic are the call drum roll please <laughs> um i'm gonna <clears throat> the call a hero awakens shadow of a doubt and fire to the fuse so guys of all of these cinematics how do we feel i honestly think oh. <laughs> yeah nicole takes it out of nicole takes it nicole's like out of the it's so good it's so good. Um, a Hero Awakens, I think we can agree, mid. It's, Extremely mid. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't get much out of it other than, like, this is this is the skins. This is what other, than, other than fucking Ezreal enjoys pottery. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if he didn't He's know, got a hobby. Know. We love that for him. <laughs> yeah, no, not a fan. But the call, dude. First of all, it's got, like, oh, yeah. all of my super, like, fave champs that... I feel like you don't see a lot of, which, um, first of all, this isn't included. Orn, angry hamster man, love him. <laughs> I love that he, I love him so much. Um, and then you see, you know, you see Sedge, you see Talia, you see Volibear, you see, you know, Leona, you see, and I just, I've, I've, I've fallen in love with the Freljord like region ever since you know I discovered what League of Legends was. I love everything to do with like that very barbaric ice frozen wasteland of just some bullshit going on <laughs> so seeing that and then all the different and also from an artist perspective all the different textures and like the skin you can see the pores in their skin and like the ice and the snow and, oh i could just go on it's so good and then volibear with all the lightning too i feel like it just it is such a satisfying thing to like cinematic to watch i feel like it's mm -hmm. very satisfying it's very crisp and clean they did a very good job and i just think that none of the other ones that they released this year kind of fall on that same level like they're all great in their own ways except for hero awakens fuck that um oh my God. Mid <laughs> no i will no this is not good um <laughs> and but the call just definitely set the bar so high it just when it, I don't remember even when it was released this it year. It was the first cinematic it, of the year, the very first yeah, one. It, it just it just set the bar so high, so it feels like you know watching the call and then watching everything else. It's like it doesn't it doesn't measure up, and I I love it so much. Okay, that's it. Maybe. Everyone else got thoughts. <laughs> they're they're like you basically summarized mine. <laughs> yeah, their animation that they put into that one is just on a different level. It feels so much more high else. quality. Yeah, not only yeah. that, it's just the song that goes with it too. 
Ooh, I could. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think the call is really. Atreus looks fucking jacked as fuck. Uh, Pantheon just just fucking oh, absolutely goaded. Hold on. Um, Can I put that on here? What What was that, Emily? I was wondering if the call was on Spotify, and it is. It is, yeah. Um, because I could also talk about the music, but I think that's we'll we'll, also we'll get another... to that a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just I also just found it, so I'm gonna add it, and I'm gonna sit here and listen to it. Okay. Okay. Continue. Um, I, I think, I mean, I think I agree. I think, I don't think there was a cinematic this year that was better than the call. Uh, I think the runner up though, for me personally, was definitely shadow of a doubt. I think the star guardian, first of all, I, I am kind of obsessed with star guardian lore. I love it. I think it's super cute and super fun and very interesting actually, cause it's just legal legends in a different universe. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of subtle things that happened in that cinematic that were really like, if you spot them, you're like, Oh shit, that was really cool. That's very interesting. Right. Um, that you don't necessarily get from just this is Runeterra, but I, but even just from a sure, just sheer quality perspective, like there is no question that the call is just the best one. Right. Agreed. So our best cinematic Common award. W goes to the call this year. Woo! Yahoo! Yay! Yay! Wow! Uh, <laughs> uh, so the next category we have is Best Song. And your nominees for Best Song are The Call, Star Walkin', Everything Goes On, and Fire to the Fuse. Now, I feel like Emily has a lot of things she wants to say about the music. I <laughs> see the thing is, is I'm not I'm not any kind of audio major. I I don't make music. I don't know much about, you know, the mechanics that go into making these songs. But I'm going to start with just um, not a huge fan of Fire to the Fuse. I'm League of Legends was my number one artist of the year. Which is the first time that has ever happened, and mm. I would like to thank Star Walking for that, <laughs> and a few other select songs, mainly like some of the arcane music. Anyway, but the call definitely set the bar so high with their songs as well, because you've got just this really—you start out with this low, almost like this low growl of, you know, it's you're building up what the fuck is happening. <laughs> which is such a horrible way to put that but then it just it ramps up and it's got this like gregorian chant almost in the background that is it's very subtle but it definitely gives the feel of you know just why do i want to say grungly um <laughs> but like this raw power behind each like legend I guess I say legend like this is fucking apex kill me um but it's I don't know it's just it gives me chills the call gave me chills in both cinematic and music it's just it's so moving and it's so powerful and it's so almost emotional oh I could go on it was so good star walking also hella good it's super hype definitely agree with mage in the sense that it didn't feel like a world's intro song it didn't feel like an anthem it didn't feel like a you know pump you up kind of a deal but it does reach a wider audience so i do understand why they would want to go that route with lil nas also probably the funniest twitter twitter interaction 
with all of that I've ever seen in my life with, you know, <laughs> Lil Nas being the president of League of Legends. Yeah, true. That Super shit was fucking funny. funny. Yeah, that was really good. So Starwalking, I think, was just a great decision and a great song to be tied with League of Legends. Super great. I listened to Everything Goes On for the first time tonight. Super huge fan. Definitely going to listen to it all day tomorrow. And just it's super great. And then I've listened to Fire to the Fuse, both the song itself and on the cinematic. And I was just not a fan. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't hit as good. But the call definitely gets my gets my award. It gets my vote, I guess I should say. Hmm. Yeah, shut up now. For me, I, I enjoy Star Walking and Fire to the Fuse. I like the um the D and B with Fire to the Fuse. Really good song mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh and also Star Walking, the same reasons that like everybody else has. Mm-hmm. Micro? Well, personally, Fire to the Fuse is my pick. Uh, I just vibe with it. I don't know. My music taste is a little unorthodox because I mainly listen to fucking death metal, screamo death metal. I don't know how or why. Like None of these I vibe too much with, but the one I most vibed with was Fire to the Fuse. Okay, I agree. I enjoy that one. Uh, for me personally, uh, my vote also goes to the call. I mean, th- so my my perspective is the call feels more like a world's anthem than Star Walking does. Um, and there's like Emily said it, I think perfectly, where there's just an amount of just raw power and emotion in every like it's very or- orchestral, right? And that's mm-hmm. the kind of music that I really enjoy. I enjoy when my music is telling a distinct story. And you can you can almost feel a struggle happening as you listen to the music, which I think is really interesting. And it's not something that I get from the other songs on this, like on on this like nominations, which I think is fine. Like I like music is music. I enjoy all like sorts of music. I don't even know if there's a genre that I like distinctly dislike. Void and- gaze. You hate <laughs> void gaze. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I, I so first of all, let me let me say I enjoyed every single song this year. I don't know if there was Maybe. a song that I disliked. I like, even I think Fire to the Fuse is probably on the lowest end of that, but even so, I still really enjoy the song. Uh, I think League of Legends was my number three artist this year on Spotify, um, and that was and that is mainly because of the call. That is mainly because of the call and like the the anthems and this like I really like this like sweltering orchestral like monumental sound that comes from from these sorts of songs that that because like I don't know about you guys but I'm a fucking weirdo and when I listen to music I like try to imagine a story in my head as I'm listening to the music so like whenever I listen to these like anthems I'm imagining like okay this is like either like a giant like a huge scale battle or like when i'm listening specifically to league of legends stuff it it i i I, okay i picture myself like winning tournaments right that's 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 what i imagine Mm -hmm. right and that's that's what that emotion feel it feels like victory the call feels like victory to me and i can't i don't know how else to describe it good analogy Mm -hmm. um but i mean Obviously, we're not like we don't have like official awards or anything, and we don't have a voting system or anything like that. But like we all just kind of have our favorite. I think the, I think the cinematic might be the only one where we all have a distinct like there's a distinct number one. Um, <clears throat> but any any other thoughts before we move on to the next category? Honorable mention the whole Arcane album. Definitely not a 2022 thing, <laughs> but the whole Arcane album. Valid. 
soundtrack. Uh, whatever you want to call honorable it. mention, the, the Zary Champ release song. Mm, yeah. It was a fucking mm-hmm. banger. Mm-hmm. I agree. Pentakill was last year, right? That's my honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> Pentakill is always like, I love Pentakill. I'm crying. You know, I, you know what? My, my honorable mention, fuck it. As long as we're doing it, my honorable mention is uh, Rise. I listen to it every single day. Hold on. <laughs> what was the one? Oh, there was one that. What was the one that was on my uh, throwback? Not throwback. Fucking Spotify, Spotify bullshit. Yeah, the Spotify yeah. wrapped. Oh, burn it all down. Burn yeah. it all down was so. It was really good. Good. Lincoln also, it's Paris, also because it it's down. it's Paris, and Paris is one of my all time favorite bands. So burn it all down was so fucking good. I love it here. <laughs> we love League of Legends music. We do. It would have been number one, but I had cut my fingers off on fucking repeat for like a whole month straight. All right, cut my fingers off. Uh, let's let's move on to our next category. So the next category is a pretty simple one. It is best champion release, and your nominees, also known as every champion they got released this year, are <laughs> Zeri, Renata Glask, Belveth. Nila and Cassante. Are we talking objectively best or opinionated? Best? Opinionated. <laughs> this is opinions. Like where? Okay, yeah. okay. Put Belveth in the fucking trash can. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my Put god! Put that bat looking fuck? ass bitch in the trash can. <laughs> Suck that bitch up with a vacuum. Jesus. <laughs> what? Don't the... listen, micro. Don't listen, micro. Please don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> don't look. Sit in the corner. Sit in the corner, honey. I gotta sit in the back. Don't worry, she's corner. not even the one I chose. <laughs> oh my okay, god, because she sucks. Nah, Renata would be mine. I just think her kit's so cool. She's so unique. I think thematically, like her kit's just fucking cool. That's my vote. Mm. I'd vote Jerry Renata as my favorite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I had a choice <laughs> between reworks and champions, Udyr, of course, but Renata Glass for sure takes it for me. I think Renata is also, also kind of up on that list. Mainly Did because I... every time I play against a Renata, I feel like it doesn't affect me at all. Or yep. <laughs> we just, it, it's so easy to, not so easy to pick against her, but if you don't play an attack, like attack speed or attack damage champion, it just, she's useless with her ult, at least. Shit's so fucking funny. Hmm. I just think of that, uh, what is it? Ultimate Bravery game with Kaisa where they were playing Renata yeah. and I literally did no damage <laughs> because I didn't build damage and they're like, ha this Kaisa is gonna get so fucked. You thought. I'm building Chemtech. Chemtank, you fuck. Damn. I don't know. But Renata is just so funny. And I feel like every time you see her pink fart going across the lane... <laughs> Everyone just, you can see everyone scatter like fucking cockroaches. (laughs) It's so funny. I think she's a great addition. I think uh, that's valid. I mean, maybe I'm the only one that that feels this way, but I actually, my vote kind of goes to Neela, actually. I think Neela's concept is really, really cool and very interesting and brought a very unique take to, to bot lane. Um, I do think that her kit is a bit overloaded, but I think in terms of like just sheer enjoyment, the raw combo potential you have with Neela 
with with like engage supports is so fucking high that it's it's super enjoyable to play with Anila that knows what they're doing versus like and the only reason I say that cuz like Zeri would be my runner up is like every time I play with a Zeri I'm usually on a fucking enchanter and I and I and like mm-hmm. enchanters are just not fun <laughs> they're not mechanically challenging champions and the most fun I have playing an enchanter is just cucking the enemy team the entire game so it's like, okay, I'm going to press my shield on Zeri, and now she move fast, deal damage. And I, then I'm just standing there pressing one key the entire game, which is just not as much fun for me. But when I play with Vanilla, it's like I'm playing Taric, I can play Rakan, I can play fucking Sejuani, I can do stupid shit. I'm playing Pantheon, I'm doing whatever the fuck that I want, and then we're just murdering the enemy team. Zeri is just a little bit slower for me, which is the only reason why I think I have her slightly under Nila. But... I, I I would say it's still probably very close between Nila and Zeri for me personally. Take. Yeah. I like that. Are you guys ready to move on to the next category? Mm. Okay. And the next category that we're bringing to you tonight is <laughs> Most Broken Champion. And your mm. nominees for Most Broken Champion are Aatrox, Hecarim, mm. yeah. Yumi, and no. Varus. Um. See, that sounds tough. Hey, drugs. <laughs> personally, presence at Loila, where I am. Um, they can nobody knows how to fight him down here. Uh, they have an idea how to fight him in pro play, especially during Worlds, but uh, he was so present that it was just... It's hard to say anybody else for me, personally. Like, I don't know. Hey, drugs is a cool champion anyways, but like, he just felt really strong for most of the year. I saw him everywhere. Maybe not everywhere, but like all the time, actually. I think it's interesting to look at this the the nominees because it's like we have Aatrox, which I, I feel like was strong all year, but was definitely showing how broken he was at Worlds. You yeah. have Hecarim, who was just absurdly broken in spring into MSI and then became tolerable and then got broken again in preseason uh, this year. And then Yumi, which has honestly just been broken the entire year, but it just became more apparent at the end of the year, I think. And then Varus, which feels really weird to have on this list, because, at least for me, the the other three were very apparent because of pro play, but Varus is broken because of solo queue. Because AP Varus was just the most disgusting thing I have ever seen in the entire world. Because, like, the new Udyr, like, the, the Udyr thing where he has, like, Halo Blades and, like, Prowlers, is, like, that shit's broken. He kills you in, like, three hits. Ver- I saw a Varus in Power Q a Mundo at full HP and kill him. And, like, no. that just is not supposed to happen. That just, no. that just should not happen. But it does. Right? So I think th- these are, like, Three champions that are broken because of the high yellow shit, and then Varus is just broken because he's just, uh, the build was so fucking absurd for him. It was just way too good for that champion. Personally, if I were to vote for anyone, like my vote's gonna go to Yumi because I because I'm the one that has to deal with that champion or play that champion, and I think that she is just in concept, un like just absurd, but. I think I, I, when I broke it down and I was talking like coming up with which champion I think is most broken, I think it's interesting to see that like at different points of the year or in different concepts, each one is broken in a different way. 
Yeah, I agree. The Yumi. I'd say Hecarim or Yumi. Like, in the bot laner standpoint, dealing with Yumi, but then also Hecarim <laughs> oh running God, into Hecarim, your lane yeah. at Mach Hecarim 10 was a close speed. second for me. Yeah. Hecarim can eat my whole ass. When I saw <laughs> him start building Ravenous and, like, fucking Dustblade or, uh, yeah. or something, I was just like, ew, <laughs> well, this time... is terrible. Time to take a two-week vacation until they fix this shit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ugh. That was awful. That did not feel good. But also, Yumi doesn't feel good either. Like, just as a whole, the champion, like, I don't know. They just, just, you gotta rework Yumi. <laughs> you I mean, they're working to. on it. They're working on the rework right now. So, like, that, this is go. something that is happening. Ooh, can they make it so she doesn't attach to anyone anymore? Uh, they are trying to deal with the attachment. I, I don't know how they're planning on doing it. I think the ideas that have been floating around are, like, when she attaches to someone, it is draining her mana, and then she regenerates mana quickly when she's not attached to someone, or something about being targeted by, like, abilities, but not auto-attacks when she's on somebody, or some shit like that. Interesting. So you can use- so the person that she's attached to can, like, use her as a body block. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they're trying to figure out a way to... That or there's, like, a timer or some shit. Oh, uh, I see, I see. That's interesting, though. I'm interested to see what they do with that. Yeah, me too. Big yeah. chunkies. Fuck that whole list. I agree. <laughs> Fuck this entire list. <laughs> War goes to the whole damn list. <laughs> true, Honor- true. Honorable mentions. Um, Aurelian Soul on Aram. <laughs> honestly valid that's, that's that's a valid valid yeah i agree dude i forgot but to add to memorable moments in 2022 just fucking the the aram clash true i want more aram clash i think they're i think in concept they're they said that they may end up doing it every week it may be an every week thing <laughs> i'm not I'm gonna sure, pee though. my pants i'm peeing my pants I thought Dude, I saw Pete, a rumor about that. Oh, please, Emily, no. I can't help Not that. Not again. Mom. What? Stop. I gave birth. I do pee all the time. Oh, my God. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> so, God. <laughs> the next be category is Best Champion Duo. Now, this isn't necessarily just bot laners, as you'll see, but it is I uh basically any two champions that worked so well together that they felt like when you picked one you had to pick the other at any point during this year. So your nominees for best champion duo are Diana Yasuo, mm-hmm. Caitlin Lux, mm-hmm. Lucian Nami, mm-hmm. and Callista Renata. Mm-mm. My favorites. <laughs> I'd say Lucian Nami. Yeah, same here. Even though I did also enjoy Kate Lux because of like just how strong you are just pushing people in the lane. If they get hit by like one <laughs> one bind, <laughs> I could cost them like their entire lane phase. But um Lucianami, it's just it's just such a fun combo. Like hundred to zeroing people. <laughs> it's so fucking fun. I mean Personally, I would honestly say, 
God, I'm gonna sound like such a fucking fanboy for this shit. I swear to God, you're gonna say fucking Danny Aswell. I am gonna say Danny Aswell. I am gonna say Danny Aswell. It's an old combo, but Uh, it works so fucking well this year. And there was so Mm -hmm. much fucking, there was so much fucking play of this early on, and like in the springs, in the spring regular season, going into MSI, and you got to see like the best combos ever with this shit. Like, like you, you saw like like. Here's the thing, as as somebody who plays in the bot lane all the fucking time, I think that these other three are really, really good, and they have their advantages in terms of, like, Kate Lux, like, I, all three of them are about lane stomp, right? They, they, you're in your lane, you stomp your lane because you have these two champions together, right? But Diana Yasuo is the most perfect combo piece in any given team fight. You can literally win an entire game solely based off of these two champions doing their job correctly, right? Whereas, like, sure, it's interesting and it's kind of f- almost funny to see Lucian Nami just one-shot somebody with an unexpected amount of damage and a random electrocute proc. And it's like, sure, Caitlyn Lux winning lane every time it gets picked is, like, obvious. Like, that's going to happen. But you don't get the same level of, like, holy shit, this is happening as you do when it's, like, the fucking, the the Diana ultimate into fucking Yasuo ultimate into whatever the fuck else is happening for their team. Dude, but if you did Diana Yasuo and Lucian Nami? Sure, (laughs) sure. If you had that whole fucking, because then you get Diana ult, then you get Yasuo ult, then you get fucking Nami ult. Or, you know, not even in that order. You could just, you know. Spice it up into just so many things. Yeah. Fuck. Combos are so good. Yes, they're very fun. They're very fun. Um, uh-huh. Dishonorable mention is Sivir Yumi because that shit's boring as fuck and nobody wants to watch or play that. Dishonorable mention. <laughs> like it was, dishonorable like, mention. Like it was broken, being, but fuck that. <laughs> um, I guess not dishonorable mention. Honorable mention from like a season or two ago. Um, what was it? Perthus and Nivea. Oh my god. Shit oh was god. fucking stupid. Build the walls. Dude, building a wall. Build the wall. The entire lane. I was like, honorable mention. <laughs> you Senna max Kent, wall first, dog. This shit's so fucking easy. They can't move. I think the Senna combos are really good this year, too. Now I'm thinking oh, really? about it. Ooh. Yeah, because you got like Senna Wukong and like Senna Yasuo and a couple of these other weird Senna ones. Senna Tom Kench, but... I thought was a good one too. Yeah, but oh, it wasn't. No. I mean, it obviously it was not really nearly good this as year. Good. No, no, no. I think it was, but I think the reason it's it, it was really good for a different reason. Where Senna Kench was really good for the fact that they made up for each other's weaknesses, so they became a stronger lane together. But you could get the same effect with Tom Kench and any ADC. Or Senna and any peel support. It's just they they physically made up their differences so much <clears throat> that it, it felt really like important to pick them together. But by the end of the year, when people were figuring this out, um, <coughs> excuse me, bless. When people were figuring this out, it was like, okay, well, why would we pick Tom Kench when we can just have a Wukong in bot lane? Elmeo. <laughs> like that that that's what it kind of devolved into. Where it's like Senna Kench is obviously good. But like, why would we ever pick that if we could have Wukong, Yasuo, Yone, uh, any of these other like melee bruisers bot lane over just a Tom Kench, right? That that's what it kind of devolved into. But yeah, that's best champion duo. Moving on, 
to our next category, we have <clears throat> Best Item. And your nominees for Best Item are Gore Drinker, Death's Dance, and Winter's Approach slash Fimblewinter. I think Death's Dance stands yeah. out the most to me at first. But then also Gore Drinker plus Death's Dance. <laughs> A really good combo. Mm-hmm. I think personally for me, my pick's Death's Dance. Because there's champions that are... Like, Gore Drinker's very good, but it felt like every bruiser at some point could just build Death's Dance and never fucking die. Or even Assassin's yeah. at some point. But, like, there was a point in time where somebody could just build Death's Dance Maw of Mamorcius Mamor- and just become immortal. That shit was annoying. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah, the way some characters are just like you just shit on them for a good majority of the game. They come back with a death dance and all of a sudden they don't die. <laughs> it just feels so bad. Cause then it's like you gotta build two more or so items to compensate for that. Wasn't there a death dance rush meta at some point where like every top laner built that item first? I think I it was I don't know I, about this year, but I think there was at some point. It was something about how it would give you a ridiculous amount of AD when you built it, I think yeah. is why that went down. I don't remember, but... I'm not even voting for that stance, though. I'm voting for fucking Fimble Winter because that shit was disgusting. Like, this item was actually so fucking broken that they had to hotfix it, and then they had to nerf it into the ground to the point where it's just not buildable anymore. I don't like, even remember that happening. I, I, I feel like... I honestly feel like... If you take Fimblewinter, like honestly, it's not even Fimblewinter, it's tier. Tier items this year should have been what we nominated. Because tier items this year were just fucking disgusting. <laughs> like every single one of them at some point in this year was really, really fucking good and had to be nerfed into the ground. Yeah. Uh but like, no, like what, tier as items just just always held its ground. Yeah, I agree. And you get a lot. You got a lot of utility out of it, and and obviously, like Archangels is probably the worst fucking legendary item in the game right now. Um, yeah, that's and, the weaker of them. But like Muramana is, I think, still really fucking good. And I think Fimblewinter used to be the best item in the game, but because of how fucking like broken it was, because like you were building it on like every single champion. Because like, listen, when Rise was able to build no damage but build just fimble winter and then get a permanent shield and then deal your entire health bar in damage just because he has bonus man like that is a problem that's a fucking issue right so yeah i think i am coming from like coming at this from the standpoint that rise was like my most played mid laner with my highest win rate champion this year and when i was playing rise the most it was when this build was the most prominent it was just so disgusting. It was just so broken. <laughs> Any other thoughts about best item? Uh, Shrelius is on this list. You're goddamn right. It's not on this fucking list. I fucking love Shrelius. I also love Shrelius, but go fast item. Fast. Go honestly, fast. Honestly, like, if, if okay, uh, words are hard. Honorable mention: Imperial Mandate. No. Yeah, not even Shrelly's, because I think Imperial Mandate got a lot of love this year. It got a lot of utility. Uh, but moving on Hi. to the last category of the awards this year. My favorite category. This is a, this is a category that I've been waiting to talk about. <laughs> not going to lie. 
because I'm a fanboy. Uh, our last category of the of of the year is going to be best pro play of the year, and your nominees are the Canyon Showmaker Gap, the Guma Baron Steel, the Danny Pentakill, the Malrang Flag and Drag. And the Giga Chad the Shy play. Uh, so quick contest uh, context to listeners who may not understand what each one of these are uh, for for each one of these nominees because it is I kind of gave them funny names instead of like what I could describe them as. Um, so the Canyon Showmaker Gap is the game at Worlds where Dalmonkia was playing against Gen G and they were on their fifth game. And uh, Dalmon was down a lot. Like, they were just looking like they were just going to lose the game and roll over. But then Canyon on Kane got a super, like, clutch flank with a really good W knockup that knocked up four people. And then uh, Showmaker flashed in and then stunned three people. And then they won the fight, took Baron, and it looked like they could flip the game. Uh, the Guma Baron steal was the specifically the, <laughs> specifically the, the, the Baron steal at Worlds Finals. When uh, T1 had basically just gotten aced. And Guma is approaching the Baron as DRX is trying to finish it. And he steals it with the Varus Q. And the game gets to stay alive for T1 off of this play. The Dana Pentakill. The Danny Pentakill. Excuse me. Uh, because there are a lot of them. Uh, specifically is the Baron Steel Pentakill from uh, the Team Liquid series in Spring. The Malrang Flag and Drag is specifically the Summer Finals against uh, G2 in the finals on Game 3. The one that ended up getting nominated for the Esports Awards this year. And then the Gigachad Shy play <laughs> was when he's uh, playing uh, Nar, And he is just getting fucking shit on by... Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, he fucking... He outplays Rookie and Karsa. As uh, in, in a in a two v one under the enemy team turret as Nar, <laughs> uh, but those are your nominees. I'm gonna go last. I'm gonna let you guys go first, and I'm and I'm gonna talk last. Me personally, I like the the Danny play the most. I'll say that's my favorite because, like, just as an AD player, like just watching that just mechanical gameplay happen before my eyes was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Like that alone just just does it for me. It was Baron Steel, just because I watched that one live. Yeah. Uh not only that, because it happened so many fucking times in that whole series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for no fucking reason. Uh but also just a close runner up for me was the Danny play, because that shit was just so fucking cool to watch. Like, I'm gonna oh, are you still going, dog? No, no, <laughs> no, nope. You're gonna give up the hot seat. You're gonna let me pull out <laughs> from under play, you. Danny's play was fucking sick. That is all. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> loved it. I don't know how to elaborate. It was just sick. Like I, I appreciate a play like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just for out of pure goofiness, uh, Giga Chad the shy probably gets it for me. Although the the very close second would be the Guma Berry, the Baron Steel, because like Micah said for himself, I was I was there to watch it live. 
I saw I saw it happen. Shit was fucking funny. And the cat's just and going, what the fuck? That's exactly. <laughs> fuck. Oh, it was so good. And so I think all of those are really good. I like um, the Canyon one, mainly just because, you know, when it comes to the real serious League of Legends, it's like, whoa, that flank was so bussin', you know? What a bussin' flank. Oh, my God. <laughs> and oh, obviously was. the Danny Penta is super cool. But I'm I'm so desensitized to pen, to pentakills. I I don't know what it is, but pentakills don't impress me. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Granted, is it maybe it's because I can never do it. <laughs> but I've just I've given up. Damn. And if someone else gets it, I'm like, wow, that's cool for you, I guess. But it I should have been me. I don't know. <laughs> it should have been me as the Lulu main. <laughs> the pentakill should have been mine. But yeah, no, Giga Chad the shy for me and fucking Guma Bear and Steel. Definitely. Okay. So, as a resident pro play enjoyer, I have a special place in my heart for all of these plays, obviously. Um, I think... Wait, really? Yeah, shut up. Um, <laughs> it's joked, it's joked, it's joked. <laughs> no, it's not. You hate. No, Emily, please laugh louder so my you fucking... You just called me ugly! Stop! This is not true! <laughs> What the fuck? I will not be canceled for Ugly this. Ugly on the podcast. Heresy. Shut up. Uh, uh, okay, so... God, it's honestly... It's actually so fucking difficult for me to pick one of these and say that it's my favorite. I think... There, there are merits to every single one of them. So I'm going to start from like what I'm going to say is the bottom up. Unfortunately, the shy is not going to get this for me. I think that this is a really, really good play. I think there's a lot of, like, mechanics and, like, micro that happens that if he was incapable of pulling this off, it doesn't work. He, like, first of all, he dodges a Shurima Shuffle. He manages his Rage Bar perfectly to get out of the situation. And then he has the game sense to know that he can turn it on them. And, like, like he is perfectly aware of the fact that if he goes back in with Mega Nar form, that he kills not just one of them, but both of them. Even at the sacrifice of his life. Like that, like, that is just something that you just don't have unless you are just at the highest level of play. The, that, that amount of game knowledge and, and just small, like, mechanical skill. Uh, next would be, like, the Maulrang Flag and Drag. I think this play is, like, good. I don't know. I, I think, like, in terms of, like, importance, because, like, this one, it's essentially one rogue the series, I would say. Uh, even though it was like it, like it was just looking like a three zero, anyways. Um, to have like the sense of the situation to say like, hey, so like this is honestly looking really fucking ugly. But if I make this play right now, if I flash flag and drag, I can hit like all of their team, and we can just win the fight off of this one play. I'm gonna go for it. To have the confidence to say that you're gonna do this ballsy ass fucking play when it looks like you're at a disadvantage, that takes a lot of guts. Again, it, it, it is a matter of understanding the extent of your champion and the situation to the point of analyzing it and being like, hey, I can do this. I can make this happen. And then having your team like trust trust you and be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. I love the Guma Baron steal. I love it. I think it's incredible. But I, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot say that it is the best play of the year because first of all they don't they don't win the series. They don't they, they don't win off of this. They stay alive because of this. T1 looks like they're losing 
And Guma, with this steal, saves it for their team so that they don't lose in that moment. I think it was still incredibly hype. The fact that it was yeah. happening all night and we get it again at such a crucial moment is just absurd, right? That just shouldn't be able to happen. I I definitely I peaked my microphone when this happened. I screamed my fucking head off, and these people were in the call listening to me do this. I lost my fucking mind. I stood up out of my chair, walked around my fucking room, and then came back still screaming. Like this, like this is not something that should have been able to happen in the moment. It was super hype, but honestly, it doesn't. It it feels more like a capitalized mistake than it does an actual like outplay or or, or like actually good play. Yeah, because like a a better play smite that <laughs> just doesn't happen. Or a smite, a smite. Better, if a smite happened at around. all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, would have changed that entirely. <sighs> the Danny yeah. Pentakill is so fucking good. It is it is incredible, and it it it. it I don't think it's a fluke because I think that. It, 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 it was kind of a mistake that it did happen almost because it was about the Baron leveling up at the minute mark <clears throat> that allows this to happen because it forces Santorin to accidentally miss Smite, which allows Danny's auto attack to kill the Baron and get excited to get the, 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 the 2v5 fight. And I do think that Danny played it perfectly. Like, Danny and Vulcan played it perfectly. If either of them misstepped at all, they lose that fight anyways. But they played it fucking perfectly, and it also kind of feels like like Team Liquid choked a little bit. I think that this is probably the most memorable play in the LCS, probably the best play of LCS in the history of, like, as, as long as the LCS continues, it's going to be the best play ever, unless something really significant happens. But I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't think I can give it best play of the year. For some reason, my mind just will not allow it to happen. Because it doesn't feel like it was an outplay. It feels like it was a capitalized mistake again. Right? I my best like it was just really well played, in my opinion. I think I think after after the the Baron gets stolen, the the presence of mind for Danny and Vulcan to be able to say to each other, Hey, we're going to fight this and we're going to kill all of them, that's really, really good. And I think the way yeah. that Danny positioned himself and played was really, really good as well. But in all honesty, the play just never should have happened, right? Which is the same issue that I have with, like, the Guma Baron steal. Like, this is stuff that should not have happened. Um, Which means that my best pro play of the year goes to the Canyon Showmaker play. And I, I understand that, like, they don't win this game, but this play was so fucking crucial for them. Because they were down gold, they were down, like, their tempo was super fucked. They basically had no way of winning this game, right? But Canyon, first of all, finds the world's most perfect flank on Kane, which is exactly what you need this champion to do. And this was right after a small skirmish had broken out mid lane and crucial cooldowns were down. Like, like Moonlight Vigil was not available. And uh, because of this, it's like taking a fight here seems really, really risky, especially with how grouped up the enemy team is. But because of Canyon's ability to see this happen and think to himself, okay, I can wrap around here, get behind four of them, and force a play to happen. Because, 
when you're in a situation like this, you're in a five-game series, you're down to the last match. If you lose this, you, you're out, you're done at Worlds. If you win this, you get to move on. You stay alive. You have to go for a ballsy play if you're down as much as they were in this moment. You have to do something drastic to get yourself back in this game. And Canyon's ability to find that moment was perfect. And beyond that, the communication had to be exactly on point to what it, to, to to like if there was any sort of miscommunication this play never happens because if you watch it showmaker has to flash forward with his uh syndra uh scatter the week for this to happen at all because Kanye can find the the four-man knockup and then have no follow-up and then it just looks like he ints but he finds the four-man knockup showmaker has the ability has the presence of mind of the situation to flash forward force a three-man scatter the week and then the rest of Dalmuan Kia are, are able to immediately collapse, even with crucial cooldowns being down, and win this fight anyways without losing a single team member. All because Canyon was able to see this play happen, and, and then Showmaker is able to say, hey, I trust you to make this happen, and I'm going to follow up with you, and we're going to, and we're going to stay alive. I understand they don't win this game, but this is the only point in that game where it looked like they had an advantage, and they made the absolute most of it. And I, I just think the presence of mind, the communication, the mechanical outplay, this is this was perfect. There, there, there is nothing that can be said about this play that you can criticize it on any level, where it's like, oh, it was boring, or like it didn't really, like it, it wasn't impactful, or it seems like a mistake. This was this was a sheer test of will. And uh, and and just game and just understanding of like the map movement that had to happen here. So my best pro play of the year goes to Canyon Showmaker. Well played. Of course you would, you absolute <laughs> Neanderthal. <laughs> what the fuck? Nah. Where's Barrel on this list? Yeah, let me just put when Barrel walks top lane and then and places Beryl down walks. a turret and then dies. Let me let me put that on the list real quickly. Let me put Please barrel do. approaches on 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 the list. Every single time, I want uh an edit. I want a what is it? Fuck. Comp. A compilation. Compilation. Thank you. I want a compilation of every time barrel approached. Every time he left lane, walked somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be just the whole worlds again. But, but yeah. yeah. Those, those are the awards for, for our 2022 Hexac Hero Awards. So those are the categories that we mm -hmm. went with. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to let us know what you think about those awards and what you think should have won, or if there was something that you would have nominated over some of this other stuff, you can go ahead and you can uh, either tweet at us. You can tweet at me on Twitter, which is LaughingMageLol, uh, or Micro at HH underscore Micro, and that's Micro with a Y instead of an I. Or you can email us yeah. at HexacHeroes at gmail.com. Um, but that is our 2022 League of Legends retrospective. Guys, do we have anything else we want to say before we close this out? Uh, it's been a good year. Cool yeah. experiences. Learned a lot. Mm. Looking forward to next year. I want to climb ranked, hopefully. Yeah, I might climb ranked for the first time seriously in a while. <laughs> I think all three of us are, right? Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year. I will be the cheerleader. Go, <laughs> go, my friendos. 
I will appreciate don't that. Don't suck. Don't suck. Damn. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just I'm praying for Mage, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I just Oh my god. And it's not that I don't have faith in you. It's you have the unluckiest games ever that I've ever seen. You're I don't know what wrong. it is with your teammates with the worst mental I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they miss a minion and they say GGs, and it's like, what? What the? It's ridiculous. Unlucky. So, good luck to you. Thanks. Sir. <laughs> I'll and get it. what I'll I'm going to do with League of Legends this year is play in every single one of these ARAM clashes. Fuck. <laughs> That'd be fun. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. And then my son will begin his journey. Jungler. Mm hmm. I'll pray for that boy. I'll make. I'll even make his account and everything. Oh my god! Mm -hmm. <laughs> Find Christ. him at um uh see Bastion um, Man. Bastion Man, that's so funny. Yeah, Bash, Bashman, 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 Bashman twenty two. <laughs> all right. Well. With all that being said, uh, this is the end of the episode. Is, is there anything you guys want to shout out before we close it out? You shout it out my Twitter form. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't got nothing. I'm sobbing. I don't think I have anything. I'm not cool enough. <laughs> Maybe the next time I'll have something ready. Well, very cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's awesome having you on, Emily. It's great having you. Shout out to you, yeah. honestly. Wow. We, shout out to, we shout you out every single episode. Wow. So. Really? Yeah. I would say that I get to that part, but You're I usually I asleep to by the, then. I yeah, and I listen to the podcast before I go to bed because it's like the equivalent of being in the Discord call, right? But like, you know, podcast form. So I never usually get to the end before I'm asleep. Podcord. But thank you. Shut up. Pod you smell. Oh my god. <laughs> you smell so bad. Well, if, if if you're listening, if you've made it all the way to the end of this almost three hour long podcast, thank you very much for listening. I know this one is a <laughs> bit to handle, but honestly, it, this was a, a super great year. It's been an, a joy to do these episodes, and I look forward to doing these episodes weekly this entire 2023 season. Wow. And Yay. we should have a really good time. So thank you for sticking yep. with us. And we mm -hmm. will catch you guys next time. Yay. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.